From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show, including Kingdom of Nye Radio and Revolution Radio. If you want to take a listen to our archives, they are free for you at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, do a little shopping at the SOR vault, grab a book at We Read the Night, join the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month, and the news is always updated by Captain Shirk Daily. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by donating to Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We're going to go back and get a little nostalgic here. It was October 2nd, 2014, when our guest tonight, Johnny Enoch, walked into my house, brought some beer, sat down in my living room for two hours, convincing me to start Spaced Out Radio. And I got to tell you, you can blame this guy for what we have going on here. All right? You can blame him. Because... We went to air on November 30th, just six weeks later. Johnny's a clinical hypnotherapist, lecturer, and writer from Vancouver, British Columbia. Not only has he been researching extraterrestrial phenomena and esoteric subjects for over 20 years, but after witnessing a series of unexplainable events while growing up, his search for answers has led him to adventures around the world. And we're going to hear about a few of those tonight. Then at the bottom of hour number three, I will bring you the SOR Newswire, brought to you by Paranoia Magazine. Little Johnny Enoch, always a pleasure to have you on Spaced Out Radio. You are the hidden man who created this show. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, Dave. Thanks for having me back on to SOR. It's great to be here, and I know that you own the night. Oh, no, that's your friend George, who's down the road with a great mustache, you know. Just the aliens own the own the night. The <laughs> no, but isn't that isn't that the slogan for Space Stone yes. Radio? We own yeah, the night. Yes. yes, it is. And and you know what, John? Two days from now, it'll be the fifth year anniversary of Space Stone Radio. Hey, and man, always, that's that's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. This is your fault. This is entirely oh, you know, your fault. You're always so kind, Dave. You give me credit for this, but I remember back then. You know, we were putting on a conference out here, an ET conference, and I remember you had a radio background already with that silky smooth voice of yours that was bringing that Canadian paranormal right into people's ear holes and making love directly uh, through the auditorial channels. And when you were giving them that silky smooth uh, paranormal, extraterrestrial, metaphysical, multidimensional type of picture that you were painting... I knew that you had a gift, so that's why I gave you that extra push. But it was it was all you. You did this right from the bottom to the top. Uh, it's like Sinatra said. You did it your way. I skipped out on Slash with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators front row tickets to meet with you that night, just so you know. I appreciate it. Uh, I really do appreciate it. But at the same time, I think it was your destiny. You had to pick up the microphone, and you had to you had to bring this amazing program to people. Oh, you know what? It's been a long haul, bud. It's been a long haul, and I know you've always dodged the credit for it, but I'm going to tell you right now in front of all of our 
thousands of listeners that are tuning on in. Thank you for kicking me in the ass and making me do this show. I have had so much fun. It has helped me more than you know. The only thing that's really kind of bothered me is, John, my own experiences have kind of dried up. I'm not exciting anymore. I don't have those. Very rarely do I have anything weird happening anymore, comparatively to when I had just met you. You'll get more of them. You know, they come and go. They The way the universe works is that you get experiences when you need them. When you have these experiences, especially what we call supernatural, and of course there's nothing really in our universe that is supernatural. It's actually pre preternatural because anything that happens in the universe, even if we don't understand it, is natural in a way of seeing how the universe acts. So if you have an experience like you have had, Dave, with encountering extraterrestrials when you're walking in the forest or you have an out-of-body experience or you know something is going to happen before it happens, this is just all a part of the greater unfolding of consciousness. And I know the SOR listeners have probably had similar experiences before. Well, I think so. And that's and that's what we try and do is we try and help people with their own experiences. You know, there's a lot of shows out there, John, that are focusing on the science. They're focusing on the the computers, the the technology to try and, you know, figure out what they're doing. A lot of people do their own shows out of ego. A lot of people do their own shows because they have a book to sell or something along those lines. We've always maintained the idea that this show is for the experiencer. And, you know, I've taken some heat over that. I've lost listeners over that because they think it's too much woo and not enough science and, and learning. Well, that's what other shows are for. We're here to bring the experience and those weird, strange stories that make the night so much fun. And Well, that's, and that's, that's, you- that's it. That's it, Dave. And, you know, when people are listening to this show... What, they, what they're doing is they're coming along for the ride because they're not only getting to listen and go through what you and your guests are going through vicariously. They're listening in. They're retracing those footsteps. But at the same time, we're all explorers. We're all going on this adventure together, and we're all trying to figure it out one puzzle piece at a time. And so that's the great thing is that we're all making discoveries together. We're all asking these questions And that's what's great about the way you do this. People call in, they ask questions, they put these ideas out. And, you know, how many times have you had a day where you ask questions with one of your guests and and one of your callers ends up answering the greatest riddles? Do you get that a lot where they actually end up helping your guests? Well, more so in our chat rooms because we don't take calls here. And I know that a lot of people don't like that, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, and until we get a proper phone system set up in here with a producer who can screen the calls properly, then we'll uh, get into the phone game. But, you know, when you're on terrestrial radio like we are with five different stations in the United States and having to play by the FCC guidelines, doing uh, open lines where it's unobstructed, where anybody can slip anything in, it's just not not worth it. Uh, You know, that's the thing, though. Sometimes the chat room is where all the action happens. And, you know, that's that's the thing is that when you're listening to this show, you're getting people thinking, you're getting them asking questions. And that's what we came here to do. Absolutely. And speaking of our fans, we do have to say happy Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners who are out there celebrating Thanksgiving. And now that you're all stuffed up from a massive dinner and 
and pies and everything from dessert. Now the training starts. John, I don't know about you, my friend, but I literally get really pumped up to watch YouTube on Fridays because these Black Friday brawls that we see, I love them, John. I'm not going to lie. I love them. I am as geeked up about Black Friday in the United States as I am from when I played hockey and I'm just about to get into a, a scrap on the ice or I see a good fight on the ice in hockey. I love it. I'm I'm excited. I know you're a pacifist. I know uh, you would sooner play Parcheesi than hockey because you got those beautiful looks of yours and you don't want to damage those, <laughs> you know. But I got to tell you, man, I'm excited. I'm very I, excited. You know, hey, you know what they say, you know, if, you know, if you don't treat yourself, you cheat yourself. And here's the thing. I the thing that gets me excited about this time of the year, Dave, is the pumpkin pie. I'm all about pumpkin pie. I love it smothered in whipped cream and all that deliciousness. But there's something magical about this part of the year. It's a transition of seasons. It's magical. Christmas is upon us. We're moving into this shift in energy. Uh, it's an incredible time. You know, people might be into these incredible holiday bras, uh, bras and everything like that. But at the same time, I got to say, Dave, it's an exciting part of the year. Uh, hopefully all the people aren't falling asleep from the tryptophan in their turkey, though. Well, they're they're prepping to bar- brawl, man. You know, if I if this is I was thinking about this today and I was, I was talking to Everett Themer, our Sunday host over this. And I said to him because I said, are you going to come on the roundtable tomorrow night? He's like, no, man. He goes, I'm going to be shopping all day on Black Friday. I'm like, oh, God, I want to be you right now. I want to be you, Everett. Because this is what I would do, John. I would literally be sitting in my house right now. I would have the hardest, heaviest music cranked. You know, I'd have a great playlist going that would include everything from the Rocky theme song to Pantera and Skid Row back in the day. I would be going heavy. You know, Motley Crue, Metallica's For Whom the Bell Tolls, some Iron Maiden, getting just ready. I'd be putting on the foil, taping up my hands, you know, maybe put some nails in in where the knuckles are just in case. This is how I would prepare for Black Friday. I totally would. I am pumped up for this. I want to see fights. I want to see damage. I want to see TV boxes being slammed on the ground with somebody being suplexed on top of them. I want this, John. I want this. Well, I'll tell you, Dave, I saw that recently. I was I just got back from Peru and Bolivia, and I was up there with Brian Forrester, and we were doing this megalithic tour, and we were exploring the mysteries up there. And when we were there, we got stuck up in the middle of this this nasty situation over in Bolivia. So we're in Bolivia, and Morales decides that he's going to leave the country with a whole a whole lot of money, 10 armored trucks full of money leaving the country, and he decides to make a phone call and tells the locals, uh, when you talk about the Amara and the Quechua people, he tells them, burn the country to the ground. And so we're there, and it, it wasn't very friendly and wasn't very pleasant. We had to make our way out of the back door of an industrial trade border of the of the country and so it, it was kind of like their black friday but it was it's pretty crazy in a place like bolivia oh yeah oh yeah i i would be prepared man you know i would have at least 12 cigarettes hanging from my lips you know puffing away you know while i got my fist taped up you know maybe some shin pads on for in case you know anybody wants to try and kick me in the shins or knock me down I'm ready. 
I'm ready for this, and and I got and I got no Black Friday in the middle of nowhere. What am I going to do? Go Black Friday in the forest, and hopefully Sasquatch has a multiple sighting night, you know, a two for one sale or something like that. That's all I get to do. That's all I get to do. Yeah, that's very. You know, it sounds very Canadian of you. That's most certainly. I I mean, I go back and I think of the uh, the aspects of of hockey night in Canada when you're describing these things. Oh yes, oh yes. My friend, let's uh, learn a little bit about you because, you know, every time you're on, we have new listeners out there who may not be familiar with your dulcet tones, your tight hair, and that uh, (laughs) wonderful set of eyeglass frames that you have on. Tell us about Johnny Enoch. How did you get involved with the paranormal and supernatural? Dave, from when I was a very young age, uh, you know, growing up in my house, even my sister at 12 years of age was seeing these extraterrestrials outside of her bedroom window. Uh, She was seeing the the gray extraterrestrial, the classic description you would see with the large teardrop eyes and the hairless head peering through her window. And my mom would say, you know, the both of you were talking about little gray men coming into your bedroom windows, uh, coming through your bedroom windows and into your rooms at night and different activity that was going on in our backyard. But myself, I was having these intense out-of-body experiences from a very young age where I would be lying in bed and then all of a sudden I would be violently thrust out of my body up into these multicolored hollow fractal uh, lights that were essentially just pulling me up and outward into the universe like the Space Mountain ride at Disneyland and at other times I'd be floating peacefully above my bed looking down at myself And so a lot of these experiences that I was having was they were getting me to ask all sorts of questions like, you know, where do we come from? You know, what really are we and and what is this world composed of? But I wasn't getting the answers when I grew up. I wasn't getting them there because I, I grew up in a very religious household, which I think you can relate to and maybe many of your listeners can relate to. And so there was like a an information embargo when I'd go to find out the answers to these things. I, I couldn't get any answers. So when other kids my age were hiding the playboys under their bed, I was hiding, you know, metaphysical books and crystals under my bed. If I wanted to go you, see you the rebel. playboys, I had to go to their house, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you rebel. You you rebel. I, I I mean absolutely. You have to get the answers from somewhere. So when I when I started to really seek this information out about what are these experiences, what do they mean, what's happening to me, I it something happened. I I started this lifelong quest in finding out the the nature of reality and the universe, who we are, and where do we come from, and it's. It's like I think your listeners and as well as you can relate to this that it's like a never ending quenched uh it's a never quenching thirst that you can that you always go seeking out it's like the the rabbit hole gets weirder the deeper you go down it and so uh I, again it's taken me on travels all over the world crawling on my hands and knees underneath these temples and looking up at great reliefs and uh talking to people and very strange places and seeking out the the unknown and the strange and the paranormal and uh it's been a beautiful journey and it just continues to unfold today and and here we are now talking about these things johnny you have traveled all over the world seeking these answers you know you've been to egypt you've been to south america you've been all over europe and asia trying to seek 
you know, the existence of why we are here. And I think it's been a very noble cause that you have decided to take on that mission. I know that you are probably the most unselfish person that I have ever met. There has to be, though, a little bit of selfishness in your own path and your own trials and tribulations that has you traveling around the world to all of these places to try and find answers. What are you looking for? I'm looking for not only the mysterious, but I'm I'm seeking the truth. I'm I'm seeking out the the greater mysteries of life, Dave. When we see these sort of writings and we, we see our great religions and and we see these great motifs and monoliths and megalithic structures, they all mean something. The ancient people knew something. They had these maps of our universe. They had a, an understanding of astrotheology. They had an understanding of something greater. And so, for example, the people of ancient Egypt, they had inscriptions in certain places that said they had stargates. And these stargates went to certain places, and they had a sort of a, sim- a symbol for that. But we find this symbol all over the world. We find it in Peru. We find a place called Amaru Maru, where there's a sort of a doorway carved into the side of rock. We find these doorways carved in Bolivia, in Pumapunku. We find it in Tiwanaku. We find it in all kinds of places that there was things there. And there's stuff in the world that we've forgotten, that we're just remembering. So, for example, when you're in Egypt in the Cairo Museum, you find that there's these 15 to 20 foot sarcophagi telling us that they were enormous coffins for some kind of giants. We find that there are very ancient structures and places on this world that leave us full of questions, that there's been something going on on this planet for a very long time, and we have forgotten it, and we're slowly starting to rediscover it. Sometimes we think that we're making a a great new discovery in our sciences or quantum physics, but really we're rediscovering it, Dave. Johnny, why is it important to you that we rediscover this important part of history in your mind? Well, I think that once we rediscover it, we're going to learn about who we are because we've forgotten who we are, Dave. We have a great amnesia, you could say, about who we are. We're we're filled with fear. We're filled with worry all the time. Just think about how, how much of this greed and this fear and this panic that we could you know, uh, relieve if we could just remember who we are and where we came from. We would be filled with an absolute love. We'd be filled with so much more of a, a belonging and an understanding. Think about this. Do you know where the Ural Mountains are, Dave? Do you know where the Eurasian Mountains are? I have to go back to my risk board to find that. But yes, it's in Asia, I believe on the Asia and European border. Okay, yes. So Eurasian, absolutely. You go up into the Ural Mountains. It's very interesting because, I mean, we're going near Russia there. The Hungarians believe that they came from the Ural. Up in the Ural Mountains, Dave, there's something called the Dashka Stone. The Dashka Stone is a one-ton mega relief, and it has three ancient river systems that are shown on it, a 3D topographical map that's been confirmed by NASA that has these three ancient river systems that are shown there. And they're no longer visible today, but we know that they've sunken down into the earth. These were a guidance system. 
like the old story of Jason and the Argonauts and the Indus Valley, but except these were used from space. So whoever was using these, these were visible from 30 miles up. And it was, this was a part of a one, this is one ton mega relief was a part of a 30 ton mega relief that would have been there in stone. And inside of this stone, there's a 120 million year old fossilized shell. Why this is interesting, okay, is that when these three river systems were on this map as like a guidance system for the earth, whoever was viewing it from above, this was at the time of when there was a primitive Pacific, the Atlantic was just a reservoir, and the Mediterranean was like a little pond. Okay, what's very interesting about this also is that the Russians found these little gold nanowires and microchip-like structures in the area. We also find these petroglyphs and reliefs uh, not only like you'd see at the Nazca lines, but they're far older, but things that look like chemical structures that are put on the caves nearby. And also in those areas, in the Northern Black Sea, Crimea, Scandinavia, we also find this large concentration of these elongated skulls that's very similar to what we see over in Paracas in Peru, which have the different sutures, they're a different type of hominid. We know now from the genetic testing, they're not like regular humans. Uh, they are Homo sapiens sapien paracas. This is a different species altogether, very advanced species that may have been our ancient progenitors. So we have all kinds of stuff on this planet, sciences that were understood and people that were gathering up in very high places. We got about one minute here, John, before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. Johnny Enoch is our guest. Johnny, in regards to the history that you love so much, where you are traveling all over the world, have you ever encountered something that just blew your mind that you thought, why hasn't mankind caught on to this in the 21st century? Oh, absolutely, Dave, all the time. I mean, there's been places I've been in in Egypt, like the Sound Healing Hospital in Saqqara, where we get the word sacred from. There's a platform there that's made out of something called travertine. Uh, and when you when you go on this platform, that it's called the Sound Healing Hospital because there's these underground channels and passageways. The Egyptians could work in stone and crystal very well. Somebody sits in the sending uh, chamber and they tone a sound it moves up to the platform and it's like a sound-based mri so if you have a problem in your body let's say your arm or an area and we get people on our tours to do this the person in the receiving chamber the sound travels up to the platform and through them and comes back around and they feel it in their body like a harmonic resonance that's vibrating incredible. all through them it's amazing incredible Johnny, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We're going to step out at the bottom of the hour here. Johnny Enoch is our guest. We're getting into the occult, ancient aliens, star people, and we'll also talk about Johnny's great hair as well. More Spaced Out Radio coming up right after this. Hey, space travelers, this is John Resig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. If you know anything about our website, you know we like to do things a little differently. We're not some faceless organization collecting money for a nebulous cause. Our donor dollars go directly toward life-improving items. Then we give those items directly to an underdog who needs it most. To become a donor with Spaced Out Radio's official charity, Chive Charities, 
just go to chivecharities.org forward slash donate. From the heartlands of Canada to beards around the world, we know how to take care of you. Fill your follicles with the Mighty Moose Beard Oil. All our oils and balms are handmade and 100% natural ingredients because we care about your beard. And hey, use the promo code SOR2019 and get your Mighty Moose Beard Oil today. You can check us out on our website, MightyMooseBeard.com. Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching. Finish off your weekend and kick off your new week with me, Everett Themer, right here on Spaced Out Sundays. I'm going to bring you great guests, a little bit of snark, and plenty of information to think about. But don't worry, there's going to be plenty of woo as well. We are going to hit everything in the paranormal and supernatural, including the odd psychic Sundays. So tune us in on Sunday, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from $6.95 to $8.95. Fantastic, vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long, and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at the Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio. Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye! We're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there. Are you having encounters with the paranormal, supernatural, or ufological that you cannot explain? Look no further than the SOR Sightlines Report, brought to you by the Experiencers Support Association. This is Ryan Stacy, head of the Research Association, TESSA. Soon on the Space Star Radio website, you'll be able to file your reports and have them researched for you. We are independent and ready to help Space Star Radio listeners today. Move over, brother! And let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturday starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, 
where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. Hey, everybody. The SOR Space Travelers is open. For just 5 bucks a month, you can hang out with Dave and our crew privately in our members-only section. With your signing, you'll receive newsletters on what's going on with Spaced Out Radio. You'll have direct contact with the host during the show in our chat, live streaming videos, and a great form for your posts and more. Become a space traveler now at spacedoutradio.com. You wanted new SOR gear, and now you can have it. The SOR Vault is fully stocked with t-shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and everything in between with great logos for you to choose from. So head on over to spacedoutradio.com, click on the SOR Vault, and go shopping. Pricing is quite affordable, and you can look good representing your favorite show. So go to our website and pick up your new SOR wear at the SOR Vault today. Looking for something new to push your limits? Look Beyond the Spectrum, a new docu-series featuring some of the best researchers in the world when it comes to everything from UFOs, government cover-ups, and Bigfoot in the forest. Truth seekers like Steve Bassett, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, Richard Dolan, as well as others all chip in to bring their knowledge to you. Beyond the Spectrum can be found on Amazon as well as Tubi TV. Tell us what you think on our Amazon page. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Welcome back to the second half hour of Space Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. Thank you so much for joining us. Reminder, if you've missed a little bit of this show or others, you can always check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Do a little Black Friday shopping online at our SOR vault. While you're there, pick up a book at We Read the Night. Join the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month. And of course, Captain Shirk has all of the news updated daily. Johnny Enoch is here tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We're getting into ancient aliens, the occult, UFOs, and his great hair. Metaphysicalsource.com is his website. Little Johnny Enoch, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. It's good to be here, Dave, on SOR. And I also want to just give a shout-out to one of your listeners here, and his name is Bill Hosser. Yeah, good old Billy. Sweet Billy Hauser. We love Bill Hauser around here. Absolutely love him. And, of course, thank you, America, for allowing us into your ears on your Thanksgiving night. I hope you are preparing for the brawls in just a couple of hours on Black Friday. I'm very excited about this. Remember, America, 
turn your phone sideways so we get a better video quality than you holding it up vertically. Turn the phones horizontally. We need that. I need that. Do that for me if you don't mind. Johnny, I want to get into the whole alien theory because as you have traveled around the world, whether it's to Peru, whether it's to Egypt, whether it's to ancient Europe and the sections there, there always seems to be something in common. The term ancient aliens is always the popular one to use, but there always seems to be some sort of tie to extraterrestrials. Do you believe that the ET phenomena has really helped shape and mold this planet and humankind in general? Well, I'll tell you this, Dave. You've had a lot of different visitors on your show and uh, guests that have come here, and they've talked about their experiences with extraterrestrials. You yourself have had experiences with extraterrestrials. A lot of people have had these face-to-face encounters. They've been contactees. They've been abductees. They've had missing time. When, when I've done my work with clinical hypnotherapy over the years, doing regressions with people, you know, they've, maybe they came in beforehand and they had an experience that they couldn't recall. The bottom line is, is that we're not alone in the universe. We have been visited for a very long time, and we ourselves are the extraterrestrials. We're the hybrids. And I, I believe that when we look around the world, we see evidence for that. We see it everywhere we look. For example, you go back to Egypt, which you mentioned. In Egypt, we have the gods of Egypt. And who were they? Well, if you look what Plutarch said, Plutarch said the gods of ancient Egypt were the antediluvian, that's the pre-cataclysmic kings who were deified after death. So who were they? Well, look at the progenitor god of Egypt. It was Osiris. He was a god, but he was also a giant with an elongated skull. So here we have this portrayal of this giant with an elongated skull. That's very interesting because we find all kinds of portrayals of these individuals on our planet that had these elongated skulls. So if we go back and we see what what the Pope wears on his head, the Pope wears something called a mitre, that funny-looking, strange fish hat that he wears. And that comes from a god that was called Dagon. Uh, And we go back to the ancient Chaldean people of Babylonia. They said that there was a a god that came to their shores, and he was a very good man. Uh, And he had these scales on his body, and he wore this fish-like hat on his head. And it's very interesting because he came to a very primitive people that couldn't even light fires or didn't know how to build buildings. And he taught them on how to have a society, and he told them to keep the rules to keep his laws, and one day he would return to them, and he would come back, but he never did, of course. The same story we find to the people of the Yucatan there in Mexico. Uh, The people of the Yucatan in Mexico, they had a visit from someone named Quetzalcoatl or Kukulikan. We have the same story all over the world, again and again, these people coming to them, and there's, there's no coincidence to this. We see pyramids on both sides of the Atlantic. We see pyramids all over the world, and interesting infrastructure, and We have maps of star systems and strange stories about people instructing us. And so something happened a very long time ago on this planet. Something happened that was absolutely devastating around 12,000 years ago. 
And uh, we have a very good idea of that, not only from what our geologists are saying, but even in the dating we get from, let's say, the story of Atlantis. The story of Atlantis tells us that there was something terrible that happened, but at one point the gods walked amongst us on this earth. And there was all kinds of knowledge that was here. And I believe that we're tapping into these fields of information. We're rediscovering it. We're going into that. And here we are, Dave. Do you believe that mankind has been wiped out much like it says biblically? You know, with the floods going on and and Noah's Ark and 40 days and 40 nights of rain. I mean, living in Abbotsford, British Columbia, that's a yearly basis. But nonetheless, you know... The idea that this planet was flooded and, and all humankind and all animals and everything were were destroyed over time because of this is something that is quite interesting to me because it combines the ancient history with the biblical stories that kind of go along. How much of the blend is there there? Well, first of all, when you see a book like the Bible, when you see any of our ancient mysteries— what you have to do is you have to learn how to unlock this, these stories. You have to learn how to unlock the mysteries. This is where someone like Helena Petrovna Blavatsky, who was an incredible woman that was sneaking out of her bedroom window at night, and she was traveling the world in the 19th century. She was traveling the world dressed up as a man. She was a true feminist, and she was meeting with all kinds of masters in the East in strange places and lands. She told us there were seven keys we needed to unlock the mysteries. So when you read these uh, books and sacred stories and scriptures, you will see that there is, first of all, maybe a biographical key, a geographical key, an astrological key, an astrotheological, a theagogic uh, you know, religious, whatever it is, you're going to see that there's all different ways that we might read a passageway to see the actual hidden in the literal. So again, when we talk about, let's say, the Atlantis story, what what does the Atlantis story show us? So it shows us that there was a great seafaring people on this planet, and it shows us that they had become uh, at some point, one, uh, very very advanced, but they destroyed themselves. You know, the Atlantis story, Dave. We get that from Plato, so we think it's a Greek story. But Plato, he heard it from his uncle Critias, who 200 years prior to him, he heard it from his great-great-great-grandfather Solon, who traveled to Egypt at 600 BCE. And at 600 BCE, uh, he went out and he had met with someone named Sol uh, Solon, met with someone named Sanchis. Uh, and Sanchis was a priest in Egypt, but it was called Saïs. And 9,000 years before that, we're told in the Atlantis story, 9,000 years before him, that he said there was a great civilization that rose up, but they destroyed themselves. And that was at around 11,600 years ago. So it gives us the exact dating. Our geologists tell, tell us that we had something called the Younger Dryas Cataclysm that brought great destruction upon this earth. We know about 12,000 years ago, the the Hindu and the Chinese had a story of a flood. <clears throat> of course, we get from the Sumerian and Numalish, we get this idea of where we derive our Genesis story from, where we have the biblical flood story. We know that things were not very pleasant on this earth. We entered into a mini ice age. So what happened? What at that time could have happened that was so devastating that what could have triggered this? Well, Dave, when I've been in Egypt, 
when I do when we do our tours to Egypt, and any of you guys, you want to come to Egypt, come with us. We got a new we got a new tour coming up. In fact, I'm going on tour right now with Jordan Maxwell and my friend Muhammad Ibrahim. We have the ancient stargates of Egypt tour. I'll show you this stuff if you want to come with me personally. Come with us and uh, this next coming up March, um, you can see it for yourself on the Temple of Edfu. When we go to this place, it's a temple of Horus. You go to the side of the temple at the back. And there's the Atlantis story upon the wall. It shows there's a seafaring people. And the seafaring people, they, uh, they were destroyed. And they destroyed themselves because this serpent was coming out of the sky. And anytime in the mysteries you see a serpent, it represents electromagnetic energy. Now, this story, we believe, was originally in the Atlantis story. It would have been in a temple called Nefru on the, the Nile Delta before it was destroyed. But somehow they destroyed themselves with electromagnetic energy. Now, Dave, I'd ask you, you've looked at this stuff. You've looked at these topics about ancient civilizations, advanced machining, megaliths, uh, types of a lost ancient technology. Could it be that since we know that the Great Pyramid and the obelisk, they work with different types of stone that can transmute energy? Do you know what granite's made out of? I have no idea. Granite is composed of something called silica, and silica is where we get silicone microchips from, which is a great insulator and conductor of energy with something called piezoelectrical energy. So we look at this and we say, could these guys have been experimenting with electromagnetic energy and gravity much in the way that we would do even with something like HARP in different ways? Did they bring this great cataclysmic destruction upon themselves? Because, Dave, when we go to these places, we see the vitrification of stone. We see blackened areas like Tanis and Egypt where nothing will grow. So it's like something came through these areas and tore these ancient temples and places apart. There was a great and terrible cataclysmic destruction upon this earth. So whatever advanced people were on this planet, at some point, they brought this upon themselves. Well, that brings up a good point, John. How advanced, for those of us who've never traveled to Egypt or, or Europe or any place like this to discover any of this, how advanced were the societies back then? Because when we look at it from a, a, a historical perspective, if you're, if you're reading books through high school or the studying that we did, they seemed very primitive. But that isn't the case, according to what you're saying. This is, this is what I want to paint a picture for people. A lot of what we think uh, that we're so advanced with, we think we've got so much figured out of how much we know. The people that were upon this planet a very long time ago, they figured out how to do things that we're only catching up to today. They figured out how to tap into fields of information and do things with the body, within stone, within crystal. Let me just paint the, the picture for you this way. You go up into a place like Pumapunku or go into an area of, of Peru or Bolivia when we're at the very top of one of these high up mountains. And that's a very strange place. If you think about Peru, Dave, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint a picture for you. Lake Titicaca is 12,000 feet above sea level. And there's fossilized seashells in there. Uh, there's seahorses in there, strange structures. That means that it used to be part of the Pacific Ocean. It was a harbor. Uh, it was it rose up. The Andes are relatively new mountains. There's all kinds of strange things up there. 
UFO bases under Lake Titicaca, people claim. Things coming up out of there at, at night. Strange runes. Some of these places where they built in very precise granite and stone that they knew how to build and they knew how to manipulate and drill these perfect holes. Perfect holes that have been polished that we can't even do today. And we think we're so advanced. You take the, the best engineers and ask them if it's so easy to move all this stuff around. They had no trees. Later on, they, they start planting eucalyptus and other things like that in the area that came from Australia. They had no trees to move giant blocks. Yet there's these megaton blocks and things that have been moved up mountains from quarries that are 75 miles away. They have strange things like that where they knew exactly what they were looking for. They knew how to layer it, and they knew what they were going for. Now, you might ask yourselves, why were they building up in mountains? We, built, we talked about the Ural Mountains earlier. Right now, I'm talking about high up in mountains in Peru. But there's other mountains in the world where we see different mysteries where things have been built in, uh, built upon. For example, um, when you see these blocks, Dave, have you ever seen the blocks from Peru, how they're polygonal, how they look like puzzle pieces that are perfectly fit together? No. I, I mean... When I look at Peru, and mainly when I when I look at something like that, I'm sure most people are like this as well. It's mainly about like things like the Nazca lines and and what's going on and the mysteries around those. Okay, so I'm going to challenge you. You and your listeners can go look up the polygonal blocks in places like Cusco. So the megalithic layers. There's different layers, just like in Egypt. We see there's the pre-cataclysmic Egypt which is like the Great Pyramid, the Osirian at Abydos, all the, the most sophisticated stuff in granite. It has no hieroglyphics whatsoever, okay, in Egypt. And then we see there's different layers of dynastic Egyptians and then later sloppy stuff in Greco-Roman times. And the different layers you'll see they're covered in hieroglyphics. The oldest and most sophisticated stuff has no hieroglyphics. The same was in Peru. Whoever was there, you know, pre-12,000 years ago, you go over to these places where you have the electromagnetic anomalies and stuff, where you put a compass up to it and it changes on the H blocks and other things up in Pumapunku. If you go to Cusco, you'll see that the layers of the megalithic stuff it's built under is really, really sophisticated, beautiful work. And then on top of that, you see the Inca built on top of it, uh, just like at Machu Picchu, you see this. And then on top of the Incan work, you see this really crappy work that's been put there by the Spanish colonialists, which is all falling apart. So you see the really sophisticated stuff is still standing, but it's a trip, Dave, because a picture of this beautiful granite that's been cut like these strange puzzle piece-like configurations that's so weird. And somebody was like, it's like they floated it in midair and fit it in there so it's very tightly fit into this perfectly cut area, which even our best engineers and people like that today look at that and they're like, well, that would take us a very long time to build, to cut, to polish. I mean, it looks just unbelievable. It looks extraterrestrial. You see stuff like that. Now, if you look at these places and you say, why were these guys reaching up these high mountains? Because we see similar designs to this when you go over to places like Turkey. When you go over to places like outside of Gobekli Tepe, we find a place called uh, Hattusa. We find the places that were uh, important to these people called the Hittite people. In the Armenian border, this is where there's an area called Mount Ararat, where the Christians have always believed that Noah's Ark would be found. And they've always looked up to where this would be. No, it's, this is very important because 
Zachariah Sitchin, he always believed that there was an Anki and an Enlil connection to Noah, uh, that it, that Noah was Noah was their son. Uh, Noah was a son, and when we go over to Enlil, that he was related. Okay, so there's an Anunnaki kind of connection here. Now, why would this guy at this point need to go up into a very high mountain point? Why would he need to do that at that point of the earth? What was happening? How was it happening? Where was that going? These are questions we need to start asking on how that relates, and why do we have even the Catholic Church having the Pope wearing that miter of a fish hat? Why is it a seafaring people? Why was this someone arriving in a boat? These are all incredible connections, and did they have underground passageways or portals around our planet that they were using? We've got about four and a half minutes here before we go to break at the top of the hour. Johnny Enoch is our guest tonight. Metaphysicalsource.com is his website. Johnny, as you are pumping through this information and, and trying to get it out there, where's the focus? Where should, if we simplify everything for the majority of us, myself included, to try and understand what you are getting at, okay, where's our focus where should it be? Where should we be looking? Is it is it South America? Is it Egypt? Is it wherever Atlantis may be? Tell us. Well, Dave, there's mysteries all around this earth. The reason the reason that they're all around us and they're in us, uh, first of all, reality happens through you, not to you. And once we realize that, a lot is gonna happen for us. We're gonna unlock so many doors. But, I mean, we have great mysteries here in Canada. There's mysteries all around the United States. And the, the biggest illusion is is that people look for something like Atlantis, and they're looking for something all over the world. Maybe they're looking in the eye of Africa, or they're looking at the Atlantic Ridge. And maybe they think Atlantis is where the Azor and the Canary Islands are. That was the mountain peaks. And they look over at the Rock of Gibraltar, and they say, hey, um, you know, could this be the Pillars of Hercules? Well, what if this great earth that we lived on when we call something called uh, when you look at something called Pangaea the supercontinent that was the earth what if the whole earth was a home to us before the continents were were split up lands had risen and fallen just like we hear about captain henry morgan uh, in places like Port Royal over in Jamaica. I think that's more the case, and I think there's great mysteries to be found, and once we find those, we'll find that, that they are within us as well. So, I mean, these are things we could talk about when we get back from the break. Sure. As we got about a couple minutes here, I'm going to bring this question back up. I asked it a little bit earlier. Why is this important, John? I know it's important to you, you know, because you're, you kind of geek out about this, and I mean that with all due respect, as you know. But why is this important for people of any age to be learning about? Why? What's the drive behind it? Well, let me ask you this, Dave. Do you feel that the way uh, the way of the world is right now, the way we're going with our technology, that uh, what we have that we that we think um, that we think is who we are? Do we do we do we have a, a proper idea of our identity? Are we our name? Are we our favorite color? Are we our favorite band? Uh, who are we really? Can we really answer that question until we go and have a really good look within ourselves and we step aside and watch ourselves go by? We're, we're really not going to know where we're going. Do you, do you feel that 
your identity of who you are is your job. It's what you do. Um, you know, at the end of the day, is that who defines you? Or do you think that once the lights go out and this this body ceases to exist and it's too weak to support you, do you believe there's more to all this? Well, I mean, we're getting a little bit of echo, John. I think uh, your microphone may have popped out or or something along those lines. I do apologize. I mean, for me, I think, and much like anybody else, we have our own beliefs, whether it's a combined of religion and spirituality, religion, agnosticism, you know, whatever it may be, atheism. We all have our own belief of what, what happens. Me, personally, I've had enough experiences to know that I believe that there is something more to this. I do believe that there is something out there that we need to be able to find out. But not knowing about the planet or what happened 4,000, 5,000, 10,000, a million years ago, I'm not sure that that affects me. And I think I'm in the majority of the population when we talk about that, John. But, you know, that's something that we can discuss when we come back because I think that's important. I think it's important to figure out, you know, the reasoning behind this. Would I love to go to Egypt? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's on my wish list in my life. Just once. Just once. And I'm staying away from the Nile because I'd be a meal to a crocodile. Johnny Enoch is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Yeah, we're getting into ancient aliens, the occult. See where it takes us. No script. We're just going with it. Your questions coming up next as well on the Mighty SOR in hour two. with Spaced Out Radio, where we own the night. This is Carl. You can follow Dave on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, and during the show, use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio to chat with us live. On Instagram, at Dave Scott S-O-R. On Facebook, give our page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. S-O-R archives are free on YouTube, at Spaced Out Radio. Come join us, or I will come join you. See you at your window. Move over, brother, and let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturday starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. Hey, Spaced Out Radio fans, it's John Rezik, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. Our goal is to make the life of veterans, first responders, and those with rare medical conditions 10% happier. We do this by donating one grant item, ranging from dance to therapy programs to prosthetic limbs, to those who need it most. To contribute to Spaced Out Radio's official charity, head over to chivecharities.org and become a donor today. Hey, this is Canadian Paranormal Investigator Mike Moore. The third Wednesday of every month, I'll be teaming up with Dave Scott to bring you Ghosts of the Great White North. Each month, we will bring on guests from across Canada to discuss their ghostly encounters. Canada is a paranormal hotbed with stories you've never heard, so we're going to bring them to you. So get comfy on your Chesterfield, grab a donut, and join us, eh?
The SOR Vault is open for business, and do we have some cool swag for you to pick up. All you have to do is head over to our website and click on the SOR Vault. You have a variety of cool logos to choose from, and put them on anything you want. T-shirts, hoodies, hats, coffee mugs, you name it, we can get it to you. So do your shopping by supporting the store you love. Get your Spaced Out Radio swag at the SOR Vault today. Are you having encounters with the paranormal, supernatural, or ufological that you cannot explain? Look no further than the SOR Sightlines Report, brought to you by the Experiencer Support Association. This is Ryan Stacy, head of the Research Association, TESSA. Soon on the Spaced Out Radio website, you'll be able to file your reports and have them researched for you. We are independent and ready to help Spaced Out Radio listeners today. At SpacedOutRadio.com, we have a little bit of everything for you to stay up late. So while you're there, check out our SOR Newswire, where our team brings you stories of the weird and strange to the WTF from around the globe. News on Bigfoot, UFOs, paranormal, Darwinian-type crime tales. It's the stories that the mainstream media usually won't touch. Well, we got them all on the SOR Newswire, only at SpacedOutRadio.com. We all know on Spaced Out Radio we love a good beard and mustache, so why not take care of your facial hair with Mighty Moose Beard Oil? Made in Canada, we're taking care of beards and stashes around the world. We use 100% natural ingredients with our oils and balms to make your whiskers feel silky smooth. Use promo code SOR2019 at MightyMooseBeard.com today. Get your horns up with me on Spaced Out Radio. This is Ron Bumblefoot Thaw. Come tune in to SOR where you can hear me rock out with Little Brother Is Watching, the official theme song of Spaced Out Radio. And then come on over to Bumblefoot.com where you can find out about my tour schedule, my music, and everything else. Bumblefoot.com keeps you up to date on what I'm doing and the best way to stay in touch with my music and music camps. Sign up for my newsletter at Bumblefoot.com and remember, Little Brother Is Watching. For the price of one cup of coffee a month, you can become an SOR Space Traveler. The Space Travelers Club is a place where you can interact with other listeners, either live during the show or on our great forum. We want your stories, pictures, comments, and ideas. You'll get live video streams, exclusive content, and be a part of our newsletter. Stay in touch with everything SOR. The Space Travelers Club is just 5 bucks a month at spacedoutradio.com. This is Amber Beckrud, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel where we store all of the SOR show archives for free. And as an added bonus, every two weeks, I'm posting brand new content on Cryptid Tales, where I will get into some of the spookier legends and folklore from around the world and tell the stories that go with them. Find us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio and check out Cryptid Tales today. Drop a comment and let me know what you want to hear. See you there. Call of the Wild is in Vancouver. The Moose Vancouver is one of the hottest bars and restaurants in the city. Open until 2 a.m. nightly, the Moose will rock you like a hurricane all night long. Great food with everything on the menu at $6.95. Near the corner of Nelson and Granville, get your horns up and come rock with us. The Moose Vancouver, the official rocking bar of Spaced Out Radio. 
there, this is Geraldina Roscoe from San Francisco's Bay Area Meditation. I invite you to join me the first Tuesday of every month with Dave Scott for Spaced Out Radio's The Spiritual You. In this fast-paced world we live in, it's time for you to take some time for you. We'll cover every possible subject from powerful meditation to healing techniques to your own intuition and spirituality. So come join us for The Spiritual You. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com. A little bit of science, a little bit of skepticism. Add a dash of snark and you have the makings of Spaced Out Sundays with me, Everett Thiele. Together we will look into the reality of the paranormal with an open eye and rational thought. Oh, did I mention there'll be plenty of woo as well? Your time spent with Spaced Out Sundays will make the night even better. The chat rooms are open, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour two of Spaced Out Radio is underway tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. I appreciate all of you tuning on in, especially if you're listening in on WQEE 99.1 FM in Newton, Georgia. UPRN 107.7 FM in New Orleans, KDUN AM 1030 in Reedsport, Oregon, KZFX 93.7 FM in Ridgecrest, California, and KDNF AM 1560 in Dangerfield, Texas. On the digital side, we're proud to broadcast on Kingdom of Nye Radio and Revolution Radio. Don't forget, you can check out all of our archives for free. Go to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Just do me the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. I'd be damned if I can find it. I know he messaged me. I know he did. Ah, oh, there it is. There it is. Quadra Geminal. Geminal. There we go. Quadra, Quadra Geminal is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, do a little shopping on the SOR Vault. You can get a book, We Read the Night. Join the Space Travelers Club for 5 bucks a month. Stay up to date on our news with the SOR Newswire Captain Shirk updates it daily. All right. Johnny Enoch is here from metaphysicalsource.com. He's hanging on out on this American Thanksgiving, but that's why we got you a Canadian guest tonight, so that way we didn't have to take anybody away from their holidays. Johnny, welcome back. Hey, Dave, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me back on the show, and thank you for coming on the air on the American Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Get the tinfoil on, the fingers, and the knuckles, people. I want some good brawling happening tomorrow. I'm promoting it. I am totally promoting it. I it's, love it. It's all good, man. But no, I just got a question in the chat here from All Things Exist. Are you finished traveling, Johnny? They said, and I got to say, no, there's a lot of traveling I got coming up ahead. You know, traveling to Egypt, traveling all over Europe and different places I got to go. 
And I see there's a guy named Chuck Bam in the channel. He's been traveling to Uranus. But, you know, uh, Dave, one of the things that we were asking, you know, people about before is if they believe in extraterrestrials and you ask me. And the one thing I, I would say is that I think we're living in a universe that's beaming full of life. Uh, we have, you know, all sorts of life all over our galaxy, all over our solar system. Have I ever told you in our conversations before of what I've been told, even about the moon over at Jupiter? You know, when no. you talk fill, about Europa? Fill me in. Fill me in. On Europa, I've been told that out there, it's, a, it's not only a watery planet, but there's these 25-foot whale-like creatures swimming around on the surface of it. And, really? you know, uh, recently we were told about these little microscopic animal-like uh, creatures called tardigrades that survived that were even around our moon. But we have had all kinds of life forms out there. And the one thing about the Earth that I think is really special where we are is that we have all different types of life here. Uh, in a lot of other places, they might be homogeneous and just have, you know, one type, one type of hominid or one type of life form on there. But we are an incredible experiment out in this desert oasis, and we're in a very fortunate position. It's challenging being here, but we have uh, all sorts of different life evolving here, and it's a very special place that we live. It totally is, and, and we got to treat it like that as well. And you could say what's happening with the planet. I don't want to get into the whole environmental debate right now because, you know, I'm still not sure where I stand on that first and foremost. But, John, when you are looking around and, and you are traveling the world to, to look at these places, these hieroglyphics, a lot of them, a lot of these civilizations have depictions of extraterrestrials that have helped them. When we sit down and we look at history, whether it's in our own history books through schools or, or whatever, we never seem to get into the extraterrestrial side of things. Why are we so afraid to admit that our ancestors were in contact? You know, that's a good question. You know, one day we're going to get there in our biology our astrobiology and everything else, even when we look at our own genetics. Look at our DNA. Your DNA is your deoxyribonucleic acid. It has 64 codons. It works with ribonucleic acid, has this exchange of not only redundant codons, it tells us that there's an intelligent designer there, of uh, uh, these proteins, amino acids, and exchanges that we see, but it tells us something. It tells us that there is a much greater process that's unfolding of who we are, where we come from. Not only do our ancient creation stories tell us about this, but let me tell you something, Dave. Up in Bolivia, you guys can look this up. When you're, at, when you're in Bolivia, in Tiwanaku, Tiwanaku is an amazing site. It's right near Pumapunku. In Tiwanaku, there, there was this place built up by the Tiwanaku culture, and you go down to this little subterranean area, and it has all the faces of the people on Earth that they were trying to remember. And in this area, in this pit, uh, that when you go down in there and look, you see the faces of extraterrestrials. This is a very ancient place. Some people have dated its astrological alignments and say that it goes back at least 17,000 years. 
That's how old this place is. It had underground tunnel systems that probably went all the way to Cusco and all over South America that led out of there. But in there, you see the faces of the extraterrestrials, even like what we would call the grays with the almond-shaped eyes and everything else that tells me something about where these people were coming from. We even find in that area that there has been uh, the people with elongated skulls that have been buried there. And I'm not just talking about the elongated skulls that have been artificially head-wrapped, okay? The artificial head-binding ones that you find even in the Guadahaya uh, Islands in Canada here. In British Columbia, you find the elongated skulls over in areas like uh, where the, the mounds are near Stonehenge by Avebury. They found the uh, elongated skulls over there. But let me tell you something. In Paracas, in Peru, where we find the elongated skulls, do you know what's very interesting? That these go back at least two to 3,000 years ago. And these elongated skulls, we know from their sutures, okay, not only from uh, the work that the incredible work that my friend Brian Forrester has done in this, but we've, there's actually been genetic testing done, okay, where we've looked at the, uh, the haplotype that these elongated skulls have. When we look at the nuclear or the mitochondria DNA, we see they're the UTE1 haplotype, not A, B, C, D, and X, like Native American populations and uh, those who are thought to cross what we call the Bering Land Bridge, the Bering Land Strait. But these elongated skull people were buried there with turbans on two three thousand years old now what does that tell us well we know the turban when we see the turban where do we see this in the ancient religions uh we see you know in hinduism we've we found the turban um in forms of it uh the cover up the top chakra we found it in sikhism with guru nanak uh, that started to suggest, you know, that this is because it, people will say it was wrapping up the hair to keep the hair as a sacred body part. We saw the Hindu uh, traditions spawned off into the Sikh traditions, and then we saw them spawn off even in over to Islam and Mohammedism. But Islam came about, what, 650 AD or CE? This was a long time ago, two, three thousand years prior to that. So what we're saying here is that these people with elongated skulls they were covering their heads with the turban, maybe as a form to either accentuate their elongated heads or to hide them. Could this be the original reason all of our religions started to use those? Were they the progenitors? Were they the masters that set this in place on the planet? Who was here before us, and why did they start this? Have you ever heard of a woman named Karen Hoods, Dave? No, I have not. Karen Hoods is a very interesting lady. Uh, she's a lady that was the head of the World Bank for a while. Now, who knows, you know, where her story comes from or, or the origins of it. I've had friends of mine um, who have been lawyers and, and uh, the, a friend of mine that's actually a lawyer that's worked with Goldman Sachs in London that went looking for her after she made some very curious statements. And uh, after after she made these statements, she couldn't be located uh, so who knows what she's, where she's gone or she's gone into hiding. But she said that there was a second species in control of humanity that were at the Vatican of all places, she said. And she said they had elongated heads. So this is very interesting. Uh, have you ever looked at the – in London? When you look, look over at London, you go over to a place like Buckingham Palace or Windsor Castle. Have you ever seen the Queen's Guards, how they have these large black hats yes, on their heads? Yes, yes. You ever wonder why they have that? I just thought it was part of the dress, man, because back then fashion was major faux pas. 
Yeah, well, this is the thing. Um, to quote the guy in your chat room, PBR Street Gang, he said, to find out the answers to all these questions and more, in Johnny's own words, the future of humanity is now and disclosure is here. Well, again, whether he's being facetious or not, the truth is, is that we are creating our future. And you know what? We do have to start asking questions because there's a lot of stuff we can't solve. We, we don't understand how they uh, created a lot of these places or how, how, let's say, we look at the Great Pyramid. We don't have all the answers to how that was built. We don't know what the purpose was. We know now that they weren't tombs. We, we think that, you know, the way that they built this with granite, limestone, sandstone, that this was built like a Faraday cage, that these people knew an ancient type of technology. They built our ancient temples and places, Dave, along some of these ley lines and energy grids. You and I have talked about Disneyland before, right? Yes. Yeah, that was an intriguing conversation. Just before this show came on, you told me that recently you had connected with Dr. Hal Putoff, right? Yeah, on LinkedIn. He uh, just uh, added me on there the other day. How many people know that Disneyland was built with the exact same properties as these ancient sites? You go look at Glastonbury Tor, the Great Pyramid, a lot of these places, they were built along something called the 33rd Parallel. Okay, These places were built along great places of energy on our planet. They understood the ancient builders, the ancient masons, the ancient masters knew how to build these places, and Disneyland is no exception. When you look over at something called SRI, Stanford Research Institute, with Dr. Hal Putoff, Ingo Swan, Yuri Geller, all those guys. There was two guys named Buzz and Woody. Remember we talked about uh, Cornelius Vanderbilt Wood, uh, Buzz and Woody, that Walt Disney contracted before he opened the doors to Disneyland on July 17, 1955? Well, when Disney, when Disney had built Disneyland over at 1313 South Harbor Boulevard over in Anaheim, California, he built it on the 33rd parallel. He put the castle directly where the influx of the energy is, and he put the carousel behind the castle to act as a Tesla coil to spin the energy out into the park. And this was all done by SRI, Stanford Research Institute. This is the same camp as Dr. Hell put off. It's the same camp uh, that went on to do remote viewing stuff with the CIA, uh, with uh, guys like Pat Price and many others that spawned out into stuff that we saw with, like, let's say, the movie The Men Who Stare at Goats, uh, which uh, was a great movie that starred with George Clooney. This is a fascinating subject. This is an ancient science. And whether people laugh at it, whether they don't take it serious, this is the cutting edge of, uh, of not only we look at science, but even places like Area 51. Area 51, Dave, that's built, again, on the 33rd parallel. You want to go back to the history with uh, the stuff that was going on there beforehand. Uh, there was all kinds of occult activity there. Speaking of Area 51, as we kind of jump around here a little bit, you're good friends with Jordan Maxwell, who has been on this show. We haven't had him on in a while. we got to get Jordan back on. And I know you've been egging me to get him back on again. And that's something that I, I do have to do. And I apologize I haven't been able to get uh, get that in the schedule. Maybe for the new year I, I'll try and uh, get that done. But when you look at somebody like him who, who claims to have been to Area 51, been chased down to there by extraterrestrials and other things that have happened there that he is— On the uh, highway. On the yeah, highway, he, did, he yeah. wasn't actually in—he wasn't in, like, S4 or Nellis. He was, 
He was nearby. What what happened is that he was nearby that area near Rachel, Nevada, that little Mickey Mouse town. And he was there with Paul Tice and Ivy White. And what happened is they saw a UFO out at night. And it was a, a large menacing presence that they saw. And he said it was a, a startling experience. But I've I've actually talked to other people that have seen similar in that area. So when you look at somebody like him who, you know, and I mean this with all due respect, who is a, a complete nobody until he moved to California and started having some amazing experiences, starting with a girlfriend who, for all intents and purposes, father was an extraterrestrial. You look at the history that he has helped bring out, and a lot of people have called him a wingnut, called him all sorts of names, yet a lot of the things that he has stated have come out to be true. How does the public know, John, who to trust and who not to trust? Because we're all told that we got to listen to these experts. We're all told that we have to listen to, you know, current mainstream science and and, and how that dialogues and, and things like that. But in the meantime, it's people like Jordan Maxwell who come up with these what we would consider zany stories that at times seem to be relatively normal and more truthful than what we're hearing out of the mainstream. Yeah, well, here's the thing. People can say what they want about different speakers and people out there, but I've been friends with Jordan for a long time, and he's been doing this for over 60 years. He's one of the, the really old school guys. And I'll tell you, he and I have taken road trips together, as you know. We've hung out for many, many hours. I've been I've been to his place before. I've seen his research. The man is a walking encyclopedia, Dave. Like, I'm telling you, uh, from the people that he's been in the presence of, there's stuff that I know about him that nobody knows, that, that the people that he knows and who he's uh, been in the presence of that is very, very impressive. And the stuff, the stuff that he's told me is absolutely incredible that he's verified for me before. So I don't care if people believe a story or not. Uh, you just know when you listen to speakers out there, you know truth. You know when it's when something resonates with you, when something doesn't. I mean, there's been lots of people out there that I listen to that leave you full of negativity. They leave you void of hope. They leave you full of of feeling this fear and paranoia. But when you listen to something and it leaves you feeling uplifted and inspired and it resonates with you on another level and adds up to what you're looking at, then I think that that is something credible right there. But uh, I know Jordan's experiences have shaken him at the core. Uh, you know, there's been times when Jordan has told me something that I go, wow, that's that's really a, that's a far out story. And you think, you know, could there be something to it? And then we've been out somewhere and we've ran into somebody who's a, a credible person that, you know, has verified the story for me that was actually there that saw the other details. And that to me shook me at the core. So I know for him, for example, he's told me a lot of things like that, that were unbelievable that I couldn't even believe when the when the, you know, the verification came in. And that just goes to show, Dave, you yourself have had experiences just like your listeners have when you may have been walking along in the woods and all of a sudden next to you, you see this tall, um, bipedal uh, being that's walking, that's looking over at you, that's having a telepathic exchange, and it's psychically shocking to you because there's all kinds of stuff out there that we can't explain that exists, that people have no idea that's out there, that really does exist, and it's all around you right now. A lot of people have a troubles opening up their eyes to that, though, John. 
You know, that's the thing, though. If they if they give it a second and they uh, if they rub the sleep out of their eyes and they actually start to look a little deeper, they're going to see that there's there's more to us. There's more to who we are. There's more to this world. The world and reality doesn't work the way you think it does. It is an absolutely fascinating and incredible, amazing universe we live in. And there's all kinds of beings around you that you have no idea exist. There's all, a lot of what you think is real is not necessarily real. Let me share a story with you, Dave. And sure. to me, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter you know, if people want to question, it doesn't matter if people want to look things up, but they should at least keep an open mind and they should think about what kind of world that you live in and what kind of future you're entering into. I'll tell you something. There's a guy that I know of that's a very well-informed uh, person with a um, military intelligence background. And they told me that 30 years ago, 30 years ago in Nevada – there was a type of a secret base sort of a situation. And they told me that already back then we had hologram technology, holographic technology that was far beyond anything that you can even think of right now. It was called military grade. Uh, I could actually name a company that was associated with it, uh, but I might have to tell you off the air. But uh, essentially, with this holographic technology, they said basically it was based on photonic science. So that was like a photon moves at like 360,000 to 400,000 kilometers per second. And they said that the holographic technology that they had 30 years ago was so good that they figured out already not only how to make it non-local, how to make it go wherever they want with a various time space coordinates, but they could make a, a hologram walk into the room with you and be physical enough to shake your hand and hand you a document then vanish before your eyes. And they said that this would be a denser subatomic structure. Okay. So they could even move this. They could use photons and they could use energy to even move things and manipulate them in your area. And they said this would be the future of policing and military. But also they said that this is going to be how in the next 10 years, how you're going to interact with, let's say, instead of watching Netflix or television, you're going to be in your living room. This is how you're going to watch your media and your movies and your television. You're going to use interactive holograms, which we're going to be very, very close to approaching now. So what I'm saying is, is that how are you going to differentiate your reality? What what do you think is going to be real and what isn't going to be real at that level? And I'll tell you something else. If you take an atom, Dave, so if you take those little things called atoms and you look how they have an electron whizzing around them, if you smash that and you go below that, you're going to have something called subatomic particles. So you go down below those. You go down, you have quarks, neutrinos, hadrons, leptons. Once you don't go down to something we have called gluons and bosons, those are pure photonic energy. They have no mass. You could fit an entire galaxy in them uh, into a gluon now, we're told by our physicists. So what if we had an ability to take great blocks like that? A great ancient civilization could take blocks like that and change it so it's massless and just move it uh, or manipulate our matter, manipulate energy, manipulate the reality around you. We're going to be playing with reality so much that it's going to appear like magic. And uh, that's really the secret. Like Arthur C. That's Clarkson. Scary. That's scary. I don't like that. I don't like that. Let's get into that when we come back here on Space Now Radio. Johnny Enoch is our guest tonight. 
Yeah, we're getting into the woo big time right now with Johnny. Stay tuned. More Spaced Out Radio with Johnny Enoch. Metaphysicalsource.com coming up. on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye! Finish off your weekend and kick off your new week with me, Everett Themer, right here on Spaced Out Sundays. I'm going to bring you great guests, a little bit of snark, and plenty of information to think about. But don't worry, there's going to be plenty of woo as well. We are going to hit everything in the paranormal and supernatural, including the odd psychic Sundays. So tune us in on Sunday, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching. Looking for something new to push your limits? Look Beyond the Spectrum, a new docuseries featuring some of the best researchers in the world when it comes to everything from UFOs, government cover-ups, and Bigfoot in the forest. Truth seekers like Steve Bassett, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, Richard Dolan, as well as others all chip in to bring their knowledge to you. Beyond the Spectrum can be found on Amazon as well as Tubi TV. Tell us what you think on our Amazon page. You wanted new SOR gear, and now you can have it. The SOR Vault is fully stocked with t-shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and everything in between with great logos for you to choose from. So head on over to spacedoutradio.com, click on the SOR Vault, and go shopping. Pricing is quite affordable, and you can look good representing your favorite show. So go to our website and pick up your new SOR wear at the SOR Vault today. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. Hey, space travelers, this is John Resig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. If you know anything about our website, you know we like to do things a little differently. We're not some faceless organization collecting money for a nebulous cause. Our donor dollars go directly toward life-improving items. Then we give those items directly to an underdog who needs it most. To become a donor with Spaced Out Radio's official charity, Chive Charities, just go to chivecharities.org forward slash donate. 
Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from $6.95 to $8.95. Fantastic, vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long, and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at the Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com. Move over, brother, and let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturdays starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. Hey everybody, the SOR Space Travelers is open. For just five bucks a month, you can hang out with Dave and our crew privately in our members-only section. With your signing, you'll receive newsletters on what's going on with Spaced Out Radio. You'll have direct contact with the host during the show in our chat, live streaming videos, and a great forum for your posts and more. Become a space traveler now at spacedoutradio.com. From the heartlands of Canada to beards around the world, we know how to take care of you. Fill your follicles with the Mighty Moose Beard Oil. All our oils and balms are handmade and 100% natural ingredients because we care about your beard. And hey, use the promo code SOR2019 and get your Mighty Moose Beard Oil today. You can check us out on our website, MightyMooseBeard.com. We're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckrude, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there. Welcome back as we pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, we want to remind all of you that you can check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com where we got a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, do a little shopping at the SOR vault. You can also take the time. Yeah, take the time to join the Space Travelers Club. It's only five bucks a month. You can 
pick up a new book of the paranormal or strange and weird at We Read the Night. And Captain Shirk has all of our news together at the SOR Newswire. From metaphysicalsource.com, Johnny Enoch is here tonight. We're celebrating the near five-year anniversary of Spaced Out Radio. Johnny's the guy who convinced me to do this. Still blaming him for it. Yep, still blaming him. But, hey, it is what it is. Johnny, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, Dave. It's great to be back here on SOR, where you own the night. Thank you, my friend. Hey, I want to ask you, right before the break, we started getting into the way that all that our reality is going to change in the next little bit. And I'm going to be honest with you. I told you during the break, it actually freaks me out a little bit thinking about that on all of these things that are potentially coming and we have no say, no control of it all. Get into that a little bit deeper. So when you say all things that are coming, you mean like what we were talking about being in this technocracy, the technology that's coming, the holographic realities, yes. and what we are seeing about implants. Because a lot of people out there, they're, they're afraid of getting these RFID microchips and implants, right? Well, as I think they should. It's, you know, there's still a God-fearing world out there. And for a lot of people, biblically speaking, Johnny... It's it should scare people because that was a prophecy of the Bible that could be coming true. Well, yeah, I mean, Dave, you and I have talked about that before. I was telling you about where the book of Revelation comes from in the Bible and that the book of Revelation actually is not a Christian book. It comes from a group called the Phrygians. And most Christians out there believe that the book of Revelation, the book of the apocalypse came from John, John of Patmos. But we know that this this book is the it's an ancient Vedantic Hindu story. Uh, in fact, it's the story of Atlantis with the seven hills of Rome. It's the seven cities of Atlantis. You see that John of Patmos is really a god that the Phrygians worship called Ion, uh, just like you get ionic air and ionic water filters. And in the Latin, the I and the J are interchangeable. You could take the I and add a squiggly line, so then you get J-O-N for the Anglo-Saxon John. So here's a god of the air and electricity that ruled over from them from above. And so here we have a very important story. It was tossed out of the Bible over a dozen times, but somebody wanted it in there. They thought it was very important. Well, most people are worried and concerned today. They're concerned about getting an RFID uh, microchip in them as an identifier. But realistically, what I've been told already is that not only have we gone beyond that, we've gone beyond doing that, but we, uh, the next step that we already have, we actually have transdermal patches that you can put transdermal on you that will upgrade you and uh, have all sorts of technology associated with it. But above that, uh, what we're going to do then is we're going to use nanoparticles made from graphene. And these nanoparticles... Uh, which will be given to us later on down the road, what will happen with those is that they will actually unlock the mitochondria in your cells. So once they unlock the mitochondria in your cells, there's something I'm going to say today that you probably won't hear about for the next five years at least, but I'm going to tell you guys anyways. It's called a foglet. And so once it unlocks the foglets in your cell, it will essentially slow down or reverse aging altogether and it will not only use the nitrogen and hydrogen in the atmosphere outside of your body to create your own 
food and water inside your body to sustain yourself so you don't need to eat or drink. So essentially, you can sustain yourself, you can have this, but you'll be a part of a quantum network. And by being a part of a quantum network, that's when our technology is going to become magic-like. That's why at that point, when you have that, you're going to be like a superhuman. You, Your energy, which is held together by something called superpositioning or quantum cohesion, works like an IP address. And it doesn't matter where you are, you'll be able to communicate, uh, have this sort of learning uh, and being a part of a network that's going to be a very interesting uh, you know, experience from like a spiritual technology point of view, it's going to come to a point that even 10 years from now, you're not going to be able to sustain yourself or even walk through a door without these sorts of things taking place or this sort of technology. For most of us, Johnny, when I, when I hear you say this, what's the purpose of it all? Why, why do we need this? Why, why do we need technology to take us over much like we uh, remember for those of us who read 1984? Okay, so you take – I'm going to explain something to you about computers today, and I'm going to give you an analogy, and I'm going to relate this to why this is important. This is where we're going to get into sort of a um, even a spiritual concept here of this, okay, of where sure. we're going with our technology, just so people can have an understanding. Have you ever seen those those sort of scrolls like uh, like the Torah, or have you ever seen like a Sumerian cylinder – I have not personally, no. Okay, just picture a scroll. Okay, you know what a scroll looks like? Yes. Okay, we're going to roll a scroll up in front of us. Now, when we roll, when we unroll that scroll and we have it flat in front of us, that's called linear. Now, if we look at what we call Moore's Law, uh, something called qubits, and uh, we start getting into how computers work, Basically, that's how today's computers work. If we take these things called uh, in binary, we had ones and zeros. Okay, so in binary, right. uh, a one might mean a yes, and a zero is a no. Correct? Correct. Okay, so picture we're going to roll that back up. So when we roll this back up, you're going to have a cylinder in front of you. I want you to picture that cylinder as a very deep tube. I want you, everybody that's listening to this right now, to picture in front of you. You have this cylinder in front of us. Now we're going to put a one at the top and then we're going to put a zero at the bottom. Now picture in between that we have infinite space. We have the nexus to null space. We can have as much information as we want. And then we're going to put a one on the other side of that circle. On the right side, we're going to put a zero on the other side and picture that we have infinite space in between that. Now what we have there is essentially we have the model of what we call quantum computing. Now, in this quantum computing model that I'm describing, picture the fact that we can calculate at that point every single particle in our entire universe. Everything is accounted for. It's all working in this area, and we're working at much faster speeds. We get into femtobits or femtoseconds. At this point, we know what little Julius Caesar had for his eight-year-old name day uh, for breakfast. We know what he was thinking that day. We can calculate the universe in every direction. I'm just talking our universe at that point. Now, picture what I'm telling you. Now, what if I were to told what if I were to tell you that we had sort of a a primitive version of that in a very deep underground facility over in Utah? And what if I were to tell you that our visitors above us have a much more advanced version of that? What I'm telling you is that our technology 
is becoming the spiritual, that our computers are becoming the universe, that this is the evolution of who we are. And we have to start talking about this now, Dave, and thinking about it, because either it's going to turn us into a hive mind, or it's going to allow us to evolve into a greater form of consciousness that's expanding in the universe, and great things are to come from this in the future. And for me, call me old, call me whatever you want, that sounds exactly like George Orwell's 1984 and how they take over the world, whoever they are. Well, there's most certainly that potential, and, you know, we could we could go into those directions, but that's why we need to start thinking about creating our future. We need to start thinking about the idea that reality happens through us and not to us. We are not only co-creating this, but we essentially, uh, we are the masters of our reality. And we can either allow someone else to dictate it to us, or we can start going back within ourselves. We can start putting the puzzle pieces together. And I think that is the journey. That is uh, a magnificent thing. There's a passageway in the Christian Bible that it says... It's to the glory of God to conceal a matter and to the glory of kings to seek it out. So, I mean, that's the fun part is solving this, solving the puzzle. I understand that, John, but for a lot of people, they'll, they'll look at that and they will say that there is no control. We have no control over what Apple does or Google does or, or the military industrial complex does with whatever ego trip they're on now, like looking for UFOs, even though there's no UFO groups out there. But either way, we just do not have the control that people would love to have of their own lives. Everything is taxed. Everything is consumed. You're told what you can do, what you can't do, how fast you could drive, how you're supposed to drive. All right. I mean, there's a lot of things out there that people have zero control over. So to say that we have control over this, I, I'm sorry, my friend, but I, ju I just don't agree with that. Well, it's just like the old argument of people drinking alcohol. You know, there's some people out there that can enjoy a glass of wine. And then there's some people that drink, you know, five bottles and they drive around and uh, run into a telephone pole. Right. I mean, so it's it's basically... How are you going to use this information? It goes back into the old idea of knowledge is useless without wisdom. Dave, the one thing that, that gets to me is that I'm a guy that does research on the esoteric. Uh, I, I yes. lecture about occult subjects. I run into a lot of people out there that they've identified some symbol out there. They've identified that on the side of their Starbucks cup, that that is Isis or Pisces. She's a siren. And there's some people out there that say, well, I understand that's a that's a representation of an ancient uh, of an ancient goddess that's been understood by the mysteries. And it's not necessarily that Starbucks was out to do anything sort of um, mischievous or ominous with this or nefarious. It's just that this was uh, these sort of symbols resonate with us. We uh, we resonate to things that have been there for a long time. And unless we know the purpose of this, or unless we know what a, an ancient symbol or the meaning was used for, it might have a very beautiful meaning in some cases. A lot of people will go to the dark and they'll go to the, the terrible immediately in their mind. Knowledge is useless without wisdom. True, but it still doesn't understand the fact that people have no control over 
what that technology or or how that technology is going to control them. I mean, you look at today, how many zombie-like people, I mean, you've said on this show previous, John, you know, you want people to open up their minds. You want people to, to start looking into this stuff. Hell, we can't even get people to, to uh, you know, walk on a sidewalk without bumping into people because they're too busy on their phones. Well, we live in a distracted, we live in a distracted world, Dave. People, people are looking in all different other places and they don't want to think for themselves. They're afraid to think for themselves. So they want someone to think for them. And so uh, that's, that's the problem we have. If people just thought one original thought every day and they went into themselves, you know, the world would be a different place, but you know, uh, I guess we, we like to be distracted. It's much easier that way. (laughs) As simple of an answer as that is, it's probably the biggest truth that's out there right now. So with this, the way the technology is going and the way it's really taking over our lives, are are we at a point of no return? I don't think we're at a point of no return. I think that there's still hope. I think that there's people that are willing to start doing their own homework and looking a little deeper within themselves and, and seeing that there are there's certain values that will save us. You know, the one thing is, is that if we learn to be a little bit kinder, Uh, If we learn to show a little bit more compassion, if we learn to be uh, a little bit more loving, if we learn that sometimes it's better to be kind than it is to be right, uh, that there are all kinds of different things that we can do to make a difference in the world. And if we just did these little things one at a time, uh, we would would make a great difference. But at the same time, Dave, I I think that the direction that we're going in is a scary one at the moment because we're going through growing pains. I mean, the world is coming together very quickly. Not only because of the internet, and not only because we, uh, you know, there's certain places that are crumbling. We're, we're, you know, mixing and matching and, and moving around the world. We're becoming a global yes. civilization. Uh, it, we've gone through this before at certain times of our history and different cycles. And I think that it is a, it's a challenging time, but it's a, it's a rewarding time. So I, I do think we have a bright future ahead, and it's going to be a, a, a great future if we allow it to be. You say that with almost like a romantic connotation of it all. Well, we we have to have we have to have hope. We have to be optimistic, and that's where you get studying the mysteries is rewarding. That's why when you study these things, when you look uh, at the esoteric, when you look at what people are saying, like you do, Dave, and when you take it seriously and you look at this and you say, what really are our visitors saying? What really are they saying about our planet, that we need to be the caretakers of our planet? We need to be the caretakers of each other. Uh, there's a greater message there. And when we start to study it and really look at it in ourselves, it's very rewarding. And uh, where we're going is rewarding if we just stay on this path. So is this in preparation for a future of expansion into our own solar system? putting people on Mars, putting people on the moon, you know, trying to get uh, uh, the freedoms of our universe and and go into that final frontier? Or is it to prepare for the next coming of extraterrestrials, like what was flying over the White House the other day? Yeah, well, you know, you know, we've been being, we've been prepared for this for a long time. And uh, if you go back and you really, really read what our ancient religions are saying, what our ancient mythologies are saying, what the ancient peoples are saying, they knew we were a part of something greater. And where we're going 
is is that not only that path of that we're going to find out who we are and where we really come from, but our destiny is in the stars, Dave. Uh, and, you know, the, sometimes, you know, if you see a UFO, I believe that it's not an accident. I believe you were meant to see it. When you're seeing it, it's awakening, it's awakening something greater in you. I mean, the, some of the guests that you've had or even in your own experiences that you had with Samantha – what happened after you saw the the extraterrestrials and the UFOs? Didn't it lead you on a a, a crazy uh, hunt to go find out more information and try to get answers? No, it, it led me to blaming you for start me starting a, a radio show. That's exactly what happened. I still blame you for that. Oh well, hey, you know what? There could be worse things to get blamed for. I tell you that, Dave. But I'll tell you, there's there's places on this earth that there's great mysteries that are in the most unlikely areas that people have no idea. Uh, for example, you and I have discussed Canada's Area 51, how up in Banff, yes. near Banff, how there's a, a large facility there that was documented by John B. Leith and Genesis for the Space Race. Uh, I mean, there's areas all over the world, all over even America and the Grand Canyon, the strange and ancient mysteries and beings and things that were left there all kinds of places up in Romania, uh, areas here, all kinds of things on this earth that are, I believe, even portals that lead to other places in our universe that are on this earth right now as we speak. Do you think, though, that we can get out of that military-industrial complex to try and open ourselves up a little bit more? Because, let's face it, everything is controlled by that. Well, we have no choice. I mean, uh, I think that's where we're headed, that's for sure. And it's going to be, uh, you know, it, eventually it's not going to be a matter of the military or our governments giving us disclosure or holding things back. It's just going to be a matter of the people talking about it and what's going to be shown to us and what's going to be revealed. And sometimes guys in the military even start asking questions. Uh, you know, Dave, there's a new – did I tell you about the new show I'm on on the Travel Channel? No, fill us in. Okay, there's a new show I'm on the Travel Channel – and it's called the Alaska Triangle. And uh, for those out there who might be from Alaska or if any of you have actually been to Alaska before, Alaska is an incredible place. It's got 33,000 miles of coast, 3 million lakes. There's 16,000 people that have disappeared. They just vanished without a trace there. All kinds of incredible stuff is there. Uh, but there's a very interesting case that we learned about uh, from a fellow named Douglas Mutchler. Have you ever heard about him or what's called the Dark Pyramid? The Dark Pyramid I've heard of. Okay, so originally, uh, Linda Moulton Howe had talked about the Dark Pyramid. Uh, but this guy, Douglas Mutchler, was talking about it uh, before her, and he brought her the story. Uh, you know, he's also talked to our show. And essentially, back, I believe it was in 1992, if I remember correctly, he was sitting around with 40 of his friends, and this, these were all military guys, and they were watching the news, and they learned that the Chinese had detonated a one-megaton bomb. And at the time, uh, they covered it on the news that the seismo, uh, seismologists and the geologists and all that, they had monitored the activity, and they found a large underground anomaly. What they discovered over in those areas is that there was a large underground pyramid. Okay? This was up over in Alaska. And nearby there, there was a sphinx-like structure. But when... When this fellow, Douglas Mutchler, he went down to the TV station to go find out what's going on with this. He goes in there, 
And the the manager there and the TV employees, uh, the station, they say, we never aired any kind of story about this. We don't know what you're talking about. The funny thing is, Dave, is that uh, an employee came out after and told him, you're not crazy. You know, you really did see it. We had a show, but we were told by the military to basically shut down the show. Somebody came by and basically took their tapes and said, you know, this didn't happen. This fellow had a clearance. And why I'm telling you this is that this is an example of when we move out of the military industrial complex. This fellow had a clearance and he wanted to find out what that pyramid was. He goes there uh, to go find out in another top secret facility that has records. And he's told by two more guys, you know, shut it down. You know, you're you're not supposed to be looking at this. Uh, we did helicopter flyovers of where this pyramid was. Uh, and uh, other interesting things that people would be interested to know in Alaska, because if you think about where the Arctic Circle is uh, in relation to when the Earth shifted 23 and a half degrees, where the equator would have been. Uh, we also had elongated skulls in that area, a story of giants. And we have underwater footage, underwater areas where there's a large Athenian like temple underwater in Alaska that looks like it has pillars as well as tracks underwater that look like they're the tracks of Malta. Okay. Um, have, did, did you and I ever talk about Pat Price, uh, who is connected to SRI? You ever heard of Pat Price? Yes, I have heard of Pat, Pat Price. We only got about 30 seconds before we go to break. Okay. Uh, well, if we have time after the break, uh, let's talk about Pat Price, because Pat Price was the best remote viewer that there was with SRI, and he died under mysterious circumstances. Yeah, we can get into that. This is uh, turning up the woo big time, John. Big time woo coming up here in hour number three as we got Johnny Enoch for another 30 minutes on Spaced Out Radio. That's what I love about John. We don't script these shows. We just let him go. And then he comes up with gems like this. This is why I love the guy. The actual father of Spaced Out Radio, Mr. Johnny Enoch. His website is metaphysicalsource.com. Make sure you check that on out. And his new TV show that he just filled me in on. All right. We'll be back with more Spaced Out Radio and Hour 3 coming up right after this. Stay tuned. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. A little bit of science, a little bit of skepticism. Add a dash of snark and you have the makings of Spaced Out Sundays with me, Everett Thiele. Together we will look into the reality of the paranormal with an open eye and rational thought. Oh, did I mention there'll be plenty of woo as well? Your time spent with Spaced Out Sundays will make the night even better. The chat rooms are open, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. The SOR Vault is open for business, and do we have some cool swag for you to pick up. 
All you have to do is head over to our website and click on the SOR Vault. You have a variety of cool logos to choose from and put them on anything you want. T-shirts, hoodies, hats, coffee mugs, you name it, we can get it to you. So do your shopping by supporting the store you love. Get your Spaced Out Radio swag at the SOR Vault today. Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye! Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching. At spacedoutradio.com, we have a little bit of everything for you to stay up late. So while you're there, check out our SRR Newswire, where our team brings you stories of the weird and strange to the WTF from around the globe. News on Bigfoot, UFOs, paranormal, Darwinian-type crime tales. It's the stories that the mainstream media usually won't touch. Well, we got them all on the SOR Newswire, only at spacedoutradio.com. We're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Move over, brother, and let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturday starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. 
Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from $6.95 to $8.95. Fantastic, vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long, and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at the Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio. For the price of one cup of coffee a month, you can become an SOR Space Traveler. The Space Travelers Club is a place where you can interact with other listeners, either live during the show or on our great forum. We want your stories, pictures, comments, and ideas. You'll get live video streams, exclusive content, and be a part of our newsletter. Stay in touch with everything SOR. The Space Travelers Club is just 5 bucks a month at spacedoutradio.com. Hey, Space Travelers, this is John Resig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. If you know anything about our website, you'd know we like to do things a little differently. We're not some faceless organization collecting money for a nebulous cause. Our donor dollars go directly toward life-improving items. Then we give those items directly to an underdog who needs it most. To become a donor with Spaced Out Radio's official charity, Chive Charities, just go to chivecharities.org forward slash donate. We all know on Spaced Out Radio we love a good beard and mustache, so why not take care of your facial hair with Mighty Moose Beard Oil? Made in Canada, we're taking care of beards and stashes around the world. We use 100% natural ingredients with our oils and balms to make your whiskers feel silky smooth. Use promo code SOR2019 at MightyMooseBeard.com today. A timepiece is a reflection of who you are. And what better way to show off the real you than with an Escape watch? Escape is a lifestyle brand accessorizing your days and nights. Choose to escape and create the life of discovery that you deserve. Dream, play, unite with your own personalized Escape watch. Head to escapewatches.com. There is no time like the present to enjoy your escape. Use promo code SMF2017 for your 20% discount today. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor third and final hour of spaced out radio is underway tonight i am your host dave scott appreciate each and every one of you tuning us in thanks to everyone listening in on uprn 107.7 fm in new orleans KZFX 93.7 FM in Ridgecrest, California. KDNF AM 1560 in Dangerfield, Texas. WQEE 99.1 FM in Noonan, Georgia. And KDUN AM 1030 in Reedsport, Oregon. On the digital side, hi to everyone listening in on Kingdom of Nye Radio and Revolution Radio. Great to have you with us. Remember, you can check out all of our archives for free at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Quadrigeminal. Quadrigeminal is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you. 
You can rock out to Bumblefoot, do a little shopping at the SOR vault, pick up a new book at We Read the Night. Great Christmas presents there, by the way. Join the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month. And of course, you can always read and stay up to date on the news with Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. For the final time tonight, we introduce Johnny Enoch. Metaphysicalsource.com is his website as we continue on the road of the strange and weird going on on the planet right now. Johnny, welcome back. Well, Dave, thanks. It's good to be back. Before we left for the break, we were just talking about Pat Price, and we were talking about how he was connected to remote viewing. And for those of you who might know the history of Pat Price, he he was thought of to be one of the best remote viewers there was, you know, uh, out of the SRI stuff. When we go back into the Stanford Research Institute, we hear about guys like Ingo Swan, Yuri Geller. You know, uh, if any of you have seen that movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats, it's all about that those programs and how they work with ScanNate or Scan on Coordinates, Project Stargate. Anyhow, Pat Price, here's the backstory with him. 1981, he's a Burbank police officer, right? And he was able to, like, see all this stuff about the Russians and look at all this kind of strange, uh, you know, military action that was going on. And he was their best asset. He was so good that the CIA scoops him up. And he sees a target, well, a variety of targets that you could say were connected to extraterrestrials. And one of those targets he sees was in a mountain over in Alaska. Now, just like we were talking about the Dark Pyramid or the Underground Pyramid site uh, that's over in Alaska near Mount Denali or Mount McKinley, as it's been called before, uh, he sees a a site over in in Alaska at a place called Mount Hayes. Okay, so in Mount Hayes, Pat Price describes, he says, look, and this is very dangerous, he says to them, I have a big uh, file that I can dump on your desk of all these sites, but he says in particular, Mount Hayes. It has these ETs living in it, but they're not like regular humans. He said that they have, they don't have the uh, lungs like regular humans. They don't have the blood or eyes of regular humans, but they are making these implants that they're putting into human beings, and they're connected to a lot of politicians and important people, and it's very dangerous if you go after them. He gives it to them. Shortly thereafter, he dies of very mysterious causes. He's out by Las Vegas. Uh, and after being out with uh, a night with his friends, uh, they they say they found him in his room with his back arched up in the air. So he was in this very strange position and just died all of a sudden for no reason of these mysterious causes. After he had remote viewed this target over in Alaska of an ET base. So you tell me if there's stuff on this planet that we don't understand that might be here uh, that might have all kinds of interest in us, might be interacting with us in different ways. I just think it's very strange. With the remote viewing side of everything, is this something that as we grow as humans, technology aside, that this is something that we're going to be taking a lot more seriously? Well, I can tell you that our, our militaries take it very serious. Uh, you know, we, we know that these programs have existed uh, SRI is, is something that's been there. I see some of the people in the chat room that are very skeptical of it. Uh, you know, they, I'm not sure if they believe in it. There's a, there's a fellow in the chat room right now talking 
Uh, it's called the PBR gang. I'm not sure if that's the Pabst Blue Ribbon gang. And I understand that's a very high thought, quality American I, I beer. Always, I always thought it was professional bull riders. Oh, well, either way, uh, uh, I'm sure that they have a, a wonderful opinion. They say that they that there's no such thing as remote viewing, and they seem very open-minded towards these sort of things. I think that we've all experienced these sort of things before where we've been thinking about someone before, the phone rang and it was them, uh, or we've had something come into our mind uh, you know, for no reason that we have an idea or a thought come to us, like when we look at the word to what it means to be inspired. We traditionally say that means to be inspirited, that we've had something come to us, we know that guys like Gary Schwartz have looked at things like over at the HeartMath Institute that people actually have changes in their heart, in their body, before something happens to them. And, of course, there's the great Dr. Jeffrey Mishlove over at Stanford that has tell, uh, done all sorts of documentations on uh, documentation and um, studying people with telepathy and telekinesis and different things like that where he has been able to measure these things empirically. Yeah. Astral travel runs along that lines, too. I think more people are going to be able to do that. It's going to cut down on vacations. That's for sure. I think more people should try to do astral projection. Uh, you know, it, it would be a lot of fun. But, yeah, as far as remote viewers, there's been guys like Russell Targ. Um, there's been a lot of uh, really great teachers out there that have been in this field. Have you ever had a... Uh, what's his name? Not only William Bullman, but have you ever had uh, Robert Bruce on your show? Long time ago. Long time ago. Astral Dynamics. I think that's one of the best astral projection books there is, and I think people should try astral projection. It's an incredible way to get proof of that they, they, there's more to you, that you have, that you are an infinite consciousness. Yeah, I think so too, and, and... You know, it, it is one thing, and, and, you know, I have astral traveled before. I haven't really admitted that, but I find it very intriguing. It's something that I, it, if I want to open up my brain a little bit more, I think that's the way I want to go, is try that out. See, the possibilities just seem so endless. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people do it, especially when they're dreaming. They think it's just a dream, and then they head out of the body, and then something uh, something that they might bring back with them is is greatly inspirational or influences them. Look at the Aboriginals of Australia, the Aborigines. They have something called Dream Time, where they actually study their dreams. They draw pictures of them. They worship the symbols there. Uh, you know, there's there's so much that we gain at night when we might be sleeping or dreaming that we we think we're in this stage of of nothingness where we're not doing anything at all, but we spend most of our life in that state. So is it any less important than this state of dreamless, sleepless wakefulness we're in right now? Could very well be. Could very well be. How does this all tie in with what happened in the past, John? Were our ancient ancestors, were they into astral travel? Were they into remote viewing? Were they into, or were they tapped into, rather, their consciousness and their own expanse of their own mind more than we are today with the technology that we have. Yeah, well, we have a lot of stories that go back uh, for a long ways about this. Even in the Christian Bible, you know, Dave, we hear the story uh, about how the the silver cord would be broken or, you know, people talking about uh, these stories like Paul in the Bible 
that we that we refer to him or we we believe it's him uh, that they make reference to him being caught up in the third heaven. He says, I know I know a friend in Christ, uh, you know, that was so many years ago. He says that was caught up in the third or fourth heaven. I do not know. He's making reference to this. We also see that in the times even of of Socrates, Socrates was accused of corrupting the Athenian youth by the Archon judges. And so they said to him that his penalty was either to pay a fine or that he would drink the deadly hemlock brew and that he would die. And of course, at the time, he was aware of stories already at his time about people having NDEs. There's a very famous story that's uh, connected over to a a soldier that went over to the, uh, had this rainbow bridge set of experience where he had a near-death experience uh, and, I, and I've spent a lot of time talking to, to friends of mine like Daniel Brinkley and others who have had these really profound near-death experiences that are really incredible. But at the time, Socrates, he already knew about that. So he said, well, uh, he didn't feel it was right to pay the fine for something that he shouldn't be accused of. But he wanted to find out if there was more to this life after death because he had heard stories about people leaving the body even in his time. So he picked up the deadly hemlock brew and he drank it. And of course— uh, he had to find out for himself. So for the longest time, we've heard of people having these practices and coming back to tell about it. Johnny Enoch is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We got him till the bottom of the hour. Johnny, in regards to where we are heading now then, you know, forget the past. Why then are we so, so interested in little things like the Nazca lines. Why are we so interested in, you know, whether or not the Egypt uh, or the Egyptian pyramids were built here or built elsewhere or dropped on this planet or or helped by alien technology? Does it always come back to aliens and the connection that they have with this planet? Well, Dave, we're I, I again, we're trying to catch up with what's been around for a long time. I'm going to give you an example. Uh, The year is 1904. And at the time, there is a man named Sir William Flinders Petrie. William Flinders Petrie goes for the British Royal Society. He goes over into the Sinai. And when he's going out into the Sinai, out in Egypt, uh, he's looking for something called the Moses Mountain. So the Moses Mountain is an area called Mount Harob, uh, or we would call it Sarabit al-Kadim. And at Surabit al-Kadim, or the the Mountain of Secrets, when we go up into this particular mountain, when Flinders Petrie was there, he made a great discovery. He, when he goes up into this place, he finds that there is this cave there. And in this cave, there was a hidden entrance, to, and it was dedicated to the goddess Hathor. Now, Hathor has the ears like a calf. And for anyone who's ever been to Egypt, over into Dendara, there's a temple called Hathor, there, uh, Hathor's Temple there. It's a very beautiful and significant place uh, for the mysteries. But he finds that there is this temple up there, and he opens up the cave, and they get entrance to it. Now, why is this important? Why is it important that here we have the Moses Mountain, we have a goddess named Hathor, and and she has the ears like a calf. Well, if any of you have a copy of the King James Bible, you can open it up to Exodus 32.20. Now, Dave, I challenge you, open up Exodus 32.20, even go on Google, look it up in the King James Bible. It talks about when Moses was there, 
And in the story in the Christian Bible, we learned that Moses had just gotten the Ten Commandments of the Edicts of the Decalogues, which, by the way, the Ten Commandments are really from Egypt. Um, and in the original Hebrew story in the book of Yasher, we learned that Moses never received the commandments by the fiery finger of God. That was later added to the story, that these Ten Commandments are a short version from the 42 laws of Matt. Uh, but either way, he comes off the mountain. And guess what, Dave? He's angry because in the story, he sees that the Israelites, with Aaron's help, had shaped together uh, and formed and fashioned a golden calf out of everybody's earrings and whatnot so they could worship. Do you remember that part of the story? Yes. Run with it, man. Run with it. Moses is angry at that point. He's furious. So what does he tell them to do? He tells them to burn it, to grind it, and then consume it. Okay? Now, when you go to burn or melt gold, you can't usually, you know, at that point, grind it up and consume it. It's going to melt. So this is a very interesting story we get from this. So in this story, we learn, again, this is Hathor's temple. He enters into this temple. And when he goes in there, Dave, what does he find? He finds these hermetically sealed chambers. And in the hermetically sealed chambers, he slides them open and he finds this white powder. And first he thinks he's at Charlie Sheen's house. Of course not. He thinks maybe, hey, uh, is this white powder? Is it aluminum? Is it aluminum? Is it bone powder? What is it? And then he finds out that when he looks upon the walls in the reliefs and the inscriptions that we see from the fourth dynasty, which, by the way, in the dynastic Egyptians at the fourth dynasty, that's when all of the discoveries in the building and everything that happened in Egypt shot through the roof. Fourth dynasty, all the way up to the 19th dynasty, that there was a secret uh, set of not only rituals and practices and things that went on from the Egyptian priestcraft and the royalty that came to this particular place, and they were consuming this material, which we find out is a type of a white gold or a mana, a shamana. And it was not only doing something for them, it was upgrading their intelligence, it was regenerating them, it was bringing them into another field of information, another force field, if you will, like Rupert Sheldrake calls the morphogenic field. But they called this material mufkuts. In the 5th Dynasty Pyramid text of Saqqara, we call this the Field of Mufkuts. To the Babylonian, we call it the Plain of Sharon. Now, this ancient science of how they were processing this material, which, by the way, we don't have anything like it today. It had the right protons, electrons, and neutrons, all in a particular sequence that was there as a type of technology allowing them like a key to access things, is later what the Arabs, uh, which the Arabs were trying to perfect this this uh, science of what they had, the Arabs called it alchemia, which later on it trickled down into Europe where they were trying to discover it as alchemy. When you got guys like Nicholas Flamel and others calling it the philosopher's stone, the elixir of life, they were all trying to figure out a version of it. You had very famous alchemists out there like Sir Isaac Newton. Uh, You had Roger Bacon. You had um, Paracelsius, all these guys trying to figure this out, but by them stumbling on it by accident, trying to rediscover it, trying to refigure it out, they came up with chemistry. So uh, and during the, during along the way, a lot of people died consuming mercury and other things, trying to find out this magic formula, but they were all trying to go back to the ancient. They're trying to rediscover what we've lost, and this is only just the beginning. 
uh, we have been trying to remember who we are, where we come from the whole time. That's why it's so important that it's coming together now. Johnny, with it coming together and how it all comes together, where's the public side of everything? How does the public be, how is the public affected by this? I think the public is more affected by being kept in the darkness, by keeping by being kept in ignorance. If you look at it, Dave, let's just look at the religious concept of the devil, of Satan. Sure. The devil doesn't exist. Okay, devil is evil with a D in front of it. Satan just means accuser or opposer in Hebrew. And what is evil? Evil is another form of ignorance. So uh, maybe you might say that more correctly, that Satan is a misunderstanding of cause and effect or the, uh, you know, the principles of karma, of causality. So once we have a lot of ignorance in the world and, you know, people people don't, want to move beyond that, that's the that's the harm, that's the danger. Once we move beyond that into this knowledge, into this enlightenment, into this period of, of wisdom, we can use this light to illuminate the path for ourselves and others. And that's, uh, and others. And that's why it's important that we ask these questions, that we, that we seek the questions, that we don't just sit there on the sidelines and laugh and, and keep a closed mind at at these profound aspects of the universe, that we don't just, just dismiss them so easily that we we do tend to look at them and ask questions and we find out for ourselves by exploring together as you should and as people should but are people ready to open up their minds to ask those questions in your opinion we have to ask questions and when you ask the right questions the the answers that you get you find out that you already had within you you can literally take the question mark and turn it around into an explanation mark uh i think that the people already have the answers that they're seeking we only got about two and a half minutes here with you john where's your next worldly adventure where are you going well, Dave, as I mentioned, thank uh, going to the ancient Stargates of Egypt tour. That's going to be March 16th to the 29th. If people want to join us, that's at ancientmysterytours.com. But of course, uh, next year I have the UFO Mega Conference. Uh, that is going to be at the Laughlin UFO Mega Conference. Dot com. That's from February 15th to the 22nd. We've got a great lineup there. It's a fantastic show, as well as I'll be at Contact in the Desert in a few shows next year that are going to be a lot of fun if people come out. I'd love to meet you there. Uh, but most certainly, um, there's so many adventures. Of course, later in the year, next uh, next year, I will be going to Ireland on a tour with Brian Forrester, if you guys want to go on our megalithic and mythical Ireland tour. But other than that, I'd say that every day is an adventure, Dave. Every day we get to get up and face this world. We never know what's going to happen next. It's an interesting time that we live in. Yeah, and while you're sitting there at MegaCon, I will be over in San Francisco at UFOCon since the events kind of split. So we're battling. You'll be on one stage in Nevada. I'll be on the other stage in San Francisco. The Canadians are owning it down south, my friend. We are owning it. That's Well, There's that's the beauty of this this field. There's so much information. There's so many people looking for answers and I just think that when we all come together at these conferences and we come together on these shows, that's where we find the answers. 
Fully, fully agree, my friend. And, you know, John, once again, I I do want to say a big thank you as Saturday the 30th will be the fifth anniversary of Spaced Out Radio. I will not be broadcasting. Our good friend Rich Giordano from Spaced Out Saturdays will be here broadcasting away. I might slip in. i got to talk to Rich about that because kind of feels weird not being there on an anniversary show. But I want to say thank you on behalf of all of our listeners for convincing me to get off my butt to get this done. We've come a long way, my friend. We've come a long way. Well, congratulations, Dave. And uh, I think it's great what you've done. You know, you got a lot of people that are just out there that want more episodes of Spaced Out Radio, so you got to keep going. Thanks for having me on tonight. Little Johnny Enoch, Metaphysical Source, dot com is his website so make sure you check that on out as johnny well he pops in a couple times a year just to say hello he practices his wave before coming in we thank johnny every time he's here i love the man he's like a brother to me coming up next we have the sor newswire and the thought of the day so stay tuned Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturday starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching. Hey, Spaced Out Radio fans, it's John Rezig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. Our goal is to make the life of veterans, first responders, and those with rare medical conditions 10% happier. We do this by donating one grant item, ranging from dance to therapy programs to prosthetic limbs, to those who need it most. To contribute to Spaced Out Radio's official charity, head over to chivecharities.org and become a donor today. A little bit of science, a little bit of skepticism. Add a dash of snark and you have the makings of Spaced Out Sundays with me, Everett Thiele. Together we will look into the reality of the paranormal with an open eye and rational thought. Oh, did I mention there'll be plenty of woo as well? Your time spent with Spaced Out Sundays will make the night even better. The chat rooms are open, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. At SpacedOutRadio.com, we have a little bit of everything for you to stay up late. So while you're there, check out our SOR Newswire, where our team brings you stories of the weird and strange to the WTF from around the globe. News on Bigfoot, UFOs, paranormal, Darwinian-type crime tales. It's the stories that the mainstream media usually won't touch. Well, we got them all on the SOR Newswire, only at SpacedOutRadio.com.
Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from $6.95 to $8.95. Fantastic, vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long, and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at the Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio. We're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. Hey everybody, the SOR Space Travelers is open. For just five bucks a month, you can hang out with Dave and our crew privately in our members-only section. With your signing, you'll receive newsletters on what's going on with Spaced Out Radio. You'll have direct contact with the host during the show in our chat, live streaming videos, and a great forum for your posts and more. Become a space traveler now at spacedoutradio.com. So you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. We all know on Spaced Out Radio we love a good beard and mustache, so why not take care of your facial hair with Mighty Moose Beard Oil? Made in Canada, we're taking care of beards and stashes around the world. We use 100% natural ingredients with our oils and balms to make your whiskers feel silky smooth. Use promo code SOR2019 at MightyMooseBeard.com today. Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye! You wanted new SOR gear, and now you can have it. The SOR Vault is fully stocked with t-shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and everything in between with great logos for you to choose from. So head on over to spacedoutradio.com, click on the SOR Vault, and go shopping. Pricing is quite affordable, and you can look good representing your favorite show. So go to our website and pick up your new SOR wear at the SOR Vault today.
We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to remind all of you, our website is hopping in the SOR Space Travelers Club. You can join it for five bucks a month. You can also read up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. You like reading? We got books at We Read the Night. Do a little shopping this Black Friday at the SOR Vault. We got great Christmas presents there. We really, really do. And, of course, rock out to Bumblefoot as well. Speaking of the news, let's get to it, shall we? Here we go. The news is always changing, which is why we bring you the SOR Newswire at the back end of every show, where we get to the wild, the weird, the wacky, and sometimes the WTF, like this one. Yeah, there's a rather bizarre experiment going on in Russia right now, where they are equipping dairy cows with virtual reality headsets. Apparently it's real. A cow wearing a working virtual reality headset as part of a strange experiment to design or designed to determine if a virtual environment can help reproduce or reduce anxiety and improve milk. The research, which is carried out on a farm near Moscow, is so peculiar that it isn't exactly clear whether this is a genuine experiment or some sort of promotional exercise. According to a press release, the virtual reality headset, and you got to see the pictures of this. This is pretty awesome. The headset had to be specifically adapted to fit the animals. Software developers were also hired to develop a unique summer field simulation program that would appeal to cows and make them feel more relaxed. Isn't that nice? It is certainly not outside the realms of possibility that this is a serious scientific study, especially given the similar experiments that have been carried out before. Some farmers have even tried playing music to cows to see if it helps them produce more milk. Whether exposing the animals to a virtual reality simulation will have any effect, however, remains unclear. A New Hampshire woman has a great idea, and this is something, to be honest with you, we should all be jumping on. When you go to the store leading up to Christmas, buy a few extra Christmas cards. Why? Because there's a lot of lonely troops protecting our freedoms across the world where a nice Christmas card would probably do them a lot of good from back home. So this beautiful lady from New Hampshire doing all she can to make sure American troops know people are thinking of them this holiday season. What started as a family tradition is now a massive nonprofit operation. Laura Landerman Garber has helped collect more than 100,000 holiday cards. Okay, we're going to get politically correct here. Christmas cards. Okay. And is sending them to members of all five military branches all over the world. Her Hollis home is... Holiday Central for her organization, Holiday Cards for our military. It's easy to lose sight that there are plenty of people, especially the military, who are far away from home, she said. So Laura decided to bring a little bit of home to the military. I am hoping 
that they know we're thinking of them, we appreciate them, and we really love them. It started 17 years ago as a small family tradition before Thanksgiving dinner. Laura and her family wrote a few cards to soldiers serving overseas. But three years ago, Laura broadened the appeal, asking everyone to send her as many cards as they liked. In 2017, 17,000. In 2018, she received 50,000. And this year alone? Over 160,000 so far. She's already shipped out 115,000 Christmas cards this season to military bases and aircraft carriers anywhere Americans are serving. She has even gotten presidential candidates on board like Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Peter Buttigieg, and did I pronounce that right? I think I did. And Bernie Sanders. The real stars are the military men and women and the families that support them. That's the greatest lesson I've heard, learned, said Laura. Laura will accept cards through December 15th. If you want to send some to her for distribution and find out how, go to militaryholidaycardchallenge.com. Militaryholidaycardchallenge.com. Moving on. This story would ever load. All right, there it is. Germany's highest court decided that a man convicted of murder in 1982 has the right to be forgotten, meaning his name can be removed from online search results. Also known as the right to erasure, the right to be forgotten rule gives EU citizens the right to request that data about them be deleted. In a statement released, the judges said that while it was allowable for search engines to provide news reports on current crimes, the justifiable public interest in reports that made perpetrators identifiable decreased over time. The man hoping to be forgotten was part of a major news story in Germany in 82. As a crew member of a sailing ship, the man shot and killed two people and severely injured another following an argument on board. In 2009, the man made a failed attempt at having the reports removed. In their ruling, Germany's Federal Court of Justice dismissed the suit on the grounds that the public had an interest in learning about the Apollonia murders and that his name was inextricably tied to the events. The man argued that the Internet Archive represented a violation of his privacy rights and his ability to develop his personality, according to court statements. One group who praised the court statement was the German Office of Press Freedom Group, Reporters Without Borders, because the judges underlined the importance of press freedom while making such decisions. This is a long overdue clarification that does not fundamentally put the protection of personal rights above the basic right to press freedom. At least for Germany, this has reduced the danger that the media's online archives are made unusable for journalism and journalistic research by exaggerated restrictions. Read a statement from the RWB. Moving on. There's a Grinch in Oregon right now. Yeah. You got to be a real, real jerk, or maybe a plethora of jerks, to do this. So, police in Oregon say they are searching for a real life Grinch who stole more than 100 Christmas trees from a church on Tuesday. 140 trees were stolen from a church and a nonprofit on West Powell Boulevard in Gresham, Oregon, worth more than $7,000. 
Police said the trees were intended to be sold to help young people in the Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge, a local program that helps people recover from drug and alcohol addiction. The thief made off with the trees in a stolen van and flatbed trailer from the Family Warship Center. Police are urging the community to be on the lookout for any terrible drivers with a trailer covered in Christmas trees. The Grinch made an appearance early, says the Gresham Police Department. As they wrote on their Facebook page for an appeal for help from the public after the theft, someone stole a van, flatbed trailer, and 140 Christmas trees from a local church, and we want them back. We did not know the Grinch could drive anything but a sleigh, so watch for terrible drivers with a sleigh or trailer covered in trees. See the attached photo on their Instagram. The fictional character, of course, created by Dr. Zeus, is known for hating Christmas, plots to ruin the holiday in the 1957 book How the Grinch Stole Christmas, as well as several films inspired by the book. But seriously, 140 Christmas trees. Who does that? Why would you do that? Why would you think that's a good idea? Sometimes I don't like to people sometimes. This is a reason why. It's terrible. Terrible. Here's something good, though. A bronze statue that was looted from what is now Nigeria more than a century ago is going to be returned. Cambridge University in Britain said as Nigeria's government announced a new campaign for the return of the West African nation's looted and smuggled artifacts from around the world. The cockerel was taken in 1897 from the court of Benin and given to the university several years later. The statue was removed from public view in 2016 after students protested, saying it represented a colonial narrative. Nigeria's Minister of Information and Culture, Alaje Lai Mohammed, Welcome the return of the cockerel, especially the role of the students in bringing about the repatriation of the bronze statue. However, he called the decision to return the statue a drop in the ocean, considering that hundreds of Benin bronze pieces were taken after Benin City was occupied by British imperial troops in 1897. Mohammed says Nigeria would be coming for all of those holding Nigeria's cultural property anywhere in the world, using all legal and diplomatic instruments available. Those who looted our heritage resources, especially during the 19th century wars, or those who smuggled them out of the country for pecuniary reasons, have simply encouraged the impoverishment of our heritage and stealing our past. The government also considers the artifacts critical components to leverage on the culture and tourism sector. Governments and institutions in the West are under growing pressure to return artifacts taken decades or centuries ago, especially from Africa. Some have begun assessing their collections discussing next steps to take send it back totally send it back i agree with the students i'm not a big protest guy totally not protest guy all right but in this case this is cultural unity it's just good people to do that be good people nasa wants to purchase a seat on a private astronaut flight in the next five years the agency announced earlier this week yeah, it's another move that should open up the International Space Station to astronauts outside the government sphere, which is a big difference from today. Most people in space are government employees. To be fair, a handful of space tourists have visited the orbiting complex, such as entrepreneurs Dennis Tito and Cirque du Soleil founder Guy Laliberte. 
But these people paid large sums of money to Russian officials and were not employed by any company. Future private astronauts may be employees of a firm sent up for 15 or 30 days for a specific set of experiments or other work that can only be done in space. NASA recognizes its role as a government reference customer to stimulate the space economy. That's one reason that it purchased so many ISS cargo flights from SpaceX and Northrop Grumman over the years and why it gave government contracts to space and Boeing to fly government astronauts on private spacecraft in the near future, perhaps as early as 2020. But private astronaut flights are another frontier altogether. The agency has a vision of opening up the ISS to a series of companies that would bring up their own astronauts, paying essentially a rental fee to use a NASA space facilities for their own work. And NASA plans to put a government astronaut on at least one of these flights to give a bit of seed money, which would help boost the efforts to bring more private astronauts into space. Yeah, the quote here is, the purchase of a private astronaut mission seat will directly support NASA's low-Earth orbit commercialization goals, NASA said in a statement. Of course it will. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. I'd go. I would totally go. I'd love to see it up there. I want to see a UFO up there. That would be fantastic. Don't you think? All right, let's get to the final story of the night before we get to the thought of the day. Let's head over to Providence, Rhode Island, shall we? Let's all hold hands. Let's get together. Straight line, people. One by one, starting with your left foot. Let's go. Donated winter coats are available for free to those in need at sites throughout Rhode Island for what has become a holiday ritual by nothing day. The goal of Friday's 23rd Annual Coat Exchange is to provide warm coats to those who need them and highlight the negative effects of consumerism. It's held at sites around the state on Black Friday. Yeah, these, hold on a second. These are people who are not brawling. We need to brawl tomorrow, America. You may be in line right now listening to this show. And if you're with someone, you send them to the 24-hour supermarket. You tell them to go get the tinfoil. Okay, go get some thumbtacks and some tape. We got to do this right, America. Remember, all the rest of the world is making sure and praying that you turn your phones horizontal while filming. Do it right, America. Do it right. Get the brawl on. I want to see it. I'm going to be all over YouTube tomorrow. I'm going to be so defunct of energy tomorrow night for the SOR roundtable because I'm going to be just so hopped up and coming down from watching all of these videos. God, I love it. I love it. I don't know why, but I do. Anyways, yeah, this this whole thing against negative consumerism, it helps. It's held at sites around the state on Black Friday, traditionally the busiest of the year's shopping days. The largest site is typically the State House Lawn, steps away from the Providence Place Mall, where people will be shopping for Black Friday deals. Organizers say monetary donations this year helped create a special children's coat rack and pay for the cost of transporting hundreds of coats to the State House. The collection and distribution sites are online if you want to check them out. Brawl time. We're almost there. We are almost there. <laughs> 
Thought of the day happens every night at this time where we ask a question on our Facebook and Twitter pages then read your responses on the air. Why? Well, it's because we love the audience participation around here. We're those guys. Hey, by the way, Derek, Derek on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio, some fantastic Ric Flair gifts today. Fantastic. The Bobby Heenan one, completely my favorite. Completely my favorite. I love it. Keep it on up, my friend. Keep it on up. Some good woo out there. Derek likes good woo. Very good woo. Anyways, let's get to the thought of the day, shall we? As we're scrolling down here on Twitter. By the way, I want to mention this before we get into the the whole thought of the day. My son tonight, I get home from my daytime job. Kind of relaxing. The first five songs I hear on my six-year-old son's iPad tonight. Bumblefoot's Cuter Rebra and Little Brother is Watching, of course. Guns N' Roses, Shackler's Revenge, Pantera's Walk, Hell Yeah's Moth, and I Don't Care Anymore. Fantastic. Very, very good parenting on my part right there when it comes to music for my boy. All right, thought of the day. What's your opinion on occult practices? Mandy, learn from all, follow none. Russell, prior to 12,920 years ago, an ancient global knowledge existed involving contact with the other side of the veil and other dimensions. Modern occult practices are a watered-down remnant of that ancient technology. Ken, not recommended. He's a man of few words. Lou, each person is on a path of learning and understanding. For the most part, life is faith in each person's journey. I have no judgments in this. Very fair, Lou. Very fair. Alethea, I believe occult practices are more intertwined with ufology than most people realize. I would also include aerospace engineering in that, too. Grant, depends which kind and what the purposes are. Be more specific, Dave. Fine, I will next time. Catherine, it's just a religion, so I see it as no different than others. It's all just forms of control. Robinator, my thought on occult practices, they would, that the uh, modern occult would like to bring back ones of yesteryear, though it will be watered down. Kelly and his beard, take a look at what has happened to occults, and not cults, man, not cults, occult, occult. Zach. Loves Tom DeLong. Zach does. I believe we coincidences, synchronicities, deja vu, etc. are humans recognizing patterns that are so complex we can only just barely understand a glimpse at the larger system. We are part of a larger system that is most imperceptible to us, and occult practices may allow us to open up our senses to that. But that's just my working theory. Cheryl. Cheryl Costa. Oh, I love her. Love her! As a card-carrying elder witch, I think occult practices are just fine if done by people who bother to learn the arts and know what they're doing. For four decades, all the bad stories I've ever heard amounted to some fool who picked up a book of spells somewhere and by some red-dumb, redumb luck made it work. Nine times out of ten, it bites them in the ass, 
these unacknowledgeable people give real-life magic arts a bad name. Real magic arts are less occult and more or less very advanced physics. That's just not understood by mainstream science yet. Bright blessings, Lady Tashi. We're going to leave it right there because I love Cheryl Costa. Big thank you to everybody who took part in the Thought of the Dave. You can do it again tomorrow on Twitter. Actually, it's a sorry, it's a roundtable tomorrow night. We have no Thought of the Dave tomorrow. No Thought of the Dave. We got the roundtable coming on. I'm going to bring on a bunch of friends who are going to do that. Captain Shirk, fantastic news tonight. You can find all of Captain's work on our SOR Newswire right on the front page of our website. Just go right there. Click it. There it is. Big thanks to my good buddy, Johnny Enoch, as well, for coming on, talking all things. Poor guy was tired. Just got back from Peru and, you know, like a couple days ago and then hops on the show. He's still thinking it's like 6 in the morning right now or whatever time it was. So good for him for being a great sport and coming on and hanging out with all of us at SOR headquarters. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is Watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, in your cars, at work, in our chat rooms on LGAB, Revolution Radio, Spreaker, Facebook, Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio, and the craziness of the SOR Space Travelers Club on our website. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. I know you're out there somewhere. Thank you so much for sharing your evening with us. Let's go into Black Friday, people. Let's fight it up. Let's do it. Let's get vicious because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Have a great night, everybody. The SOR Roundtable tomorrow night. We're going to do it all again. We'll see you then. Good night.